0: East End, episode 122, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, that prof, Carl Riley. Happy apocalypse, everybody. Yeah, it's, uh, we're back. uh, Do we say that? I mean, it's a strange one again. Another, another, we thought, uh, I don't even know what to think anymore. Like, it's, 2020's been cancelled, so. First ever Friday edition of East End. Yeah, no game, no football, no sport, no nothing, so going to keep you enlightened with some rovers news if there if there's much i hope we'll make some up as we go along but we're going to continue with our player of the year series we have 2017 award winner gary shaw and later on there is an interview with 1994 player of the year alan bourne so uh some very interesting stuff coming up and we're going to start off on a sad note and we want to pass on our condolences to anthony mcdonald and all his family he passed away last weekend due to covid19 related illnesses so um yeah it's, uh, it's it's somebody we both knew personally he was mm. fantastic in and around the junior hoops just a big smile on his face all the time Um, ma- made match day a lot better for the kids and it's just a, it's an awful awful thing it's just it's very very hard to get the grips but it actually hit me pretty hard because like you said someone you know and you chat to and it's, once again our mm. condolences
1: His enthusiasm for rovers for the junior hoops and Everything really was. It was so evident. He was such a lovely guy. Yeah, be, always, always chuckling
0: missed. about something. Yeah, always saying to finding the, the the comedy and something. But Do
1: you know that footage of him and his daughter celebrating at the Viva is very very difficult to watch now. It really is. But so. uh, I suppose the the positive, I suppose, that's come out of, it, if you want to call it that, is that is the fundraiser, and what a club Wow! this reached 10 grand in four hours flat
0: 20 grand in a day a business day you could say 20 grand straight up more now like it's it's just brilliant and
1: look at the people who donated: players management ex-players players of other clubs
0: directors fans fans of other clubs everybody everybody he was just that type of character wasn't he that everybody knew hmm Either you knew him to see or you knew him to chat. To, he was just that type of boy. So once again, we pass on our condolences. Um, now to slightly more is it even is it even positive news that this fundraiser? The, it is. It is. It's positive because well, we're not doing it for a positive reason, but we want to have, want to make it look like we're doing something about the current financial situation that every club is pretty much in, but we have a fundraiser on the go. Um. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, everybody's chipping in. Uh, I think what I'm gonna do is we've we've been discussing this and what way people are gonna do. It. I think every home game that we're due to play, I'll just I'll take twenty quid in it. Uh, match ticket on a program type thing. You know, it's probably the best bet. That's the best way of looking at it. But if you want to put in as much as you want, and then peop- some people will say, oh, well, what if they're a member? And said, listen, you don't have to put in if you don't want it. It's all a gesture. If you want to mm. put money in, we're promoting it. We want people to put money in. That's a, that's what we're looking to do. Get some mm. a few quid in there to help out clubs. I think Shell's have one now. Pat's have one. Um, Bowles have had them for a month now, and we doubled it in four <laughs> hours. But yeah, no, that's it. And you can find it on Polly O'Brien's Twitter. You find it on our Twitter or our Instagram. If you want to donate anything you can find it on the Rovers chat. It's, it's everywhere. It's pretty it's, much it's everywhere. It's continuous
1: isn't it? So yeah. it, it'll just build up over time. The way you and I are looking at it is like you said how much would you spend on a match day if we can try and sort of get near that steady income as if the season was going on, that'd be ideal. But not everybody can do that, so every little helps, us suppose.
0: That's it. Like you said, a continuous thing. So once again, it's a, uh, it's all over the internet. So you can definitely find. It. Um, great response to our self-isolation special, Prof. Uh, Robbie Gaffney and Darren McGuire. The gaff always goes down well, but Darren, I found his honesty quite uh, refreshing. Yeah, enjoy that one. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, we had this message from Donald Hickey. He said, "Hello, lads. Hope you're all." Well, missing the ball big time, just getting around to listening to the podcast now. Great episode, fair play to you for keeping it going. Delighted to hear Darren McGuire was on the show. Always liked him, and when he was with Pats, he was a class act as well. Just a little story of what a gent he was. The fourth season in Talla, our supporters club sponsored Darren, and he always gave us a wave at the games and said hello, etc. But he got wind, that was my 24th on the Friday, right before Derry at home on a Saturday, in my local in Clonsilla. I arrived out on his own back, signed jersey and ball, all signed by the whole squad he stayed around for about two hours chatting to all the lads and was a great laugh absolute gent but always remember it so fair play to the lads keep up, up the great work what is that doing so mm. what a gesture by Darren McGuire. absolutely top lad
1: I don't think I ever talked to him while he was with Rovers. because <laughs> I, I was a very new fan back then but probably most I mostly talked to him when he was with Glenmore yeah. over, <laughs> over, over the back wall in the field but uh, he did see him based on the interview he seemed like a lovely chap so
0: yeah, so, um, funnily enough though, Derek brought up Jim Crawford Prof, in the interview and he was appointed the New Orleans on 21's manager shortly afterwards. he was always in the pool though, wasn't he? Jim Crawford seems to be a, f- a very well taught of coach. So I think in yeah. and around the FAO hmm. circle, he's going to get the job, some sort of job eventually considering uh, Mick is gone and Terry is gone. And the, the saga that is Keane hmm. Guy continues to rumble on it wasn't just Keane though it was just clear out of the whole backroom staff loved
1: even, it even the kid men
0: uh, yeah they got they got the dump yeah. as well a bloody coup as as I, I like to call it I was happy enough with it um, I think the old guard are gone it's a good thing for football and it was good to mm. see Kenny putting the foot down and getting rid of a a, mm. a name like Robbie Keane and personally I, I wouldn't have near their first team squad either I don't think you can just walk into a coaching role just because you've done well for your country on the pitch and it's something that really pisses me off. It stinks of cronyism, doesn't it? I know it's the other
1: uh, kit man who got the attention. What, what's his name? Dick. Super Dick. Dick Redmond. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But uh, Mick Lauder went as well. Former guest on the show. Oh, Mick
0: is gone. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so there. that's that's an opening up now. It's, for kinda, yeah?
1: it's reminiscent of 2012 because if you look at our kit men, uh, Mal Slattery and Jerry Byrne, 2012 is the only season they weren't Kitman for us. Oh, is when Kenny
0: not a Stack Kitman stats. Kenny
1: took a out, and then they came back under Collie.
0: <laughs> Proper stats yeah. on Kitman. That's go. actually very interesting.
1: no credit to Ray Whelan for that one. He is <laughs> Kitman stats, but uh, just on Darren Maguire, uh, I forgot to ask him a question, <clears throat> that was sent in to us, uh, and that was, did he get any, uh, jersey from the Real Madrid game? So I asked him, and he said he did. Lasana Diarra. Oh, Las Diarra, good player. And he said he got it framed, although uh, he actually stood on his arm during the game, as in Diarra stood in his arm in response to like a late tackle <laughs> from there.
0: Um, yeah. So our players, they've taken a cut to their wages, and it was all instigated by them. So fair play to them. Ronan Finn came out in the news, and he said that it was uh, it was. Like Sir Rowan and Joey O'Brien actually came to the club with a suggestion and Bradzer and Rovers um, were full of praise. So it's an extremely difficult mm. time. It's a, it's a lovely gesture and hopefully it'll help us in the long run And this few quid that we try and raise as well. How about
1: this call from Bradzer? We recognise that they, they represent the most special football institution in the country. And just like the 400 club in 2005, we have a responsibility collectively to play our part in safeguarding the club's
0: future definitely fantastic show I mean I don't think you get many that do that don't have that type of connection to the club so I'm uh, not not naming any names anyone who wanted Brad's are out but you know there's a few out there He's
1: <laughs> like about 99% of the fan <laughs> base isn't
0: it oh man
1: and Garrett they said it it's unprecedented
0: it is unprecedented I want to I mean, know who's brainchild because our, our our ultra informant was out of country at the time probably ratting on him though, saying that but I want to know who's brainchild with the banner <laughs> we still haven't found out they're, they're, they're going under the radar here So well, we did press Davy on it didn't we yeah Davy told us nothing Dave, Davey <laughs> could have electrocuted Davey and he wouldn't have said anything yeah Um. yeah so St. Pat's followed Cork and Sligo as well temporary laying all off all their staff, so they gave them a boo. Although Cork later took advantage of the government initiative, so where am Pat doing that? Um, I, don't I don't know. I don't know much about it, so I can't Not comment on these individual decisions. Yeah. But when this came after it was announced that there would be no mass gatherings until September 1st. So that's what you're that's what you're dealing with. Mm. It's, my prediction now is there's going to be no football until February. This league will be scrapped and or does this sound crazy they could s- restart the league with the same fixtures the same results in march of next year no
1: doesn't sound crazy
0: that's not too crazy just tell it that there that's not too bad if it does continue on to be nuts and let's say things start to f- clear up by february and the gathering's allowed and people start coming together again why not just do what that do that start again and let us have our
1: five win. Basically just us and the would like really want to.
0: That's not a crazy thing to say, is it? are to stand. Leave your thoughts on that anyway. You can get
1: kind of, on it, social media. It sways back and forth, doesn't it? Like some days you read things like <laughs> the Bundesliga could start up again on, was it May 9th? Germans are a different Behind board. closed doors. And then <sighs> the next day you'll see something like... Uh, Really, there's not going to be any mass gatherings at all until 2021.
0: And you're like... Can we talk about behind closed doors football, right? I am... I I absolutely... I fucking hate it. It's horrendous. (laughs) I can't even watch it. And the thing is, people will say, oh, you need to get, like, games played. No, like like, I'd rather not play... Than have it behind closed doors and watching on the stream. Surely that's how everybody feels. But we're not have to talk about revenue and stuff like that. But if we're gonna talk about purely football, like all this talk of behind closed doors and leagues continuing, is giving me fucking nightmares. Like I cannot stand the thoughts of watching that game. I think the Champions League was on there not too long ago, and it was all behind closed doors. I couldn't watch. It, I turned it off. It's not the same. It is not the same. 100% no. not the same. So this whole closed door bullshit has to stop. I mean, what, football without fans are, are nothing, isn't it? Football with restrictions is poxy. So, i move on to the Noel Quinn. A bit of, bit of Noel Quinn news. just I was looking through uh, Prof's books. There's a array of books on his wall. The first three books I picked up, what did I pick up? Uh, it was first two draw of the books. And I think it Shells one as well. And no, Quinn just happened to be in the photographs of every one of them. Every one of those books. Why was he mentioned though? He was in photos just randomly when they won the league. He just seems to pop up in these teams in the league. <laughs> Holding a scarf. Um. Yeah, but no. Quinn says, The FAI is a long way down the line towards setting up a streaming service for League of Ireland returns. Apparently a number of clubs don't believe it's a viable option. and want to wait until the fans can attend matches again. Thanks the fucking J's that's exactly what we
1: want apparently he's he's put out to the clubs find out how viable this is come back with what you what you think would be like your your income if we did have a streaming service and then come back to him and see is it viable
0: we would have a good gauge on this already because of our way Game in, in Nicosia, wasn't it? In Nicosia or uh, Limassol? Yeah, in, like in a, Cyprus either way. So it's it's that like a would be run, wasn't like it? if you're not going to buy that and watch that, then you're probably not going to buy Finn Harps at home. You know what I mean? So if we mm. can get a gauge on how many listens we had in that, that's probably what we're going to be looking at because it's a massive, massive game, you know.
1: Some suggestions that this is all heading towards an all island league, basically with all the surviving clubs left. Oh. Because you'd worry that some of them are gonna die during this.
0: Yes. Unfortunately it will be the case and they just won't have the the fan base to kinda of keep them keep them going. But um I think I think we're safe ish. I mean we don't know what's going on behind the scenes financially, things like that. We're being told that we have a billionaire back in the club and all. We don't have a billionaire back in the club. We have a billionaire who bought a stake for a certain amount of money and that is it. If he wants to give us any more money then it has to go to the members.
1: Interesting that Pats have a billionaire or multi millionaire owner. He's a future of that. Film. And uh that doesn't get mentioned nearly as much as there is.
0: No, not at all. Sugar Daddy Keller.
1: Almost as if there's some sort of narrative at
0: play. It's <laughs> unprecedented, prof. Yep. Yeah. Uh you wave it they are to pay compensation for League of Ireland clubs who had players called up on international duty during Euro Euro qualifiers so Jack Bourne for us and James Talbot for Bowes. I doubt it's going to be much
1: I was actually surprised at bag of balls Jack was called up for 8 of the 10 qualifiers
0: all of them actually in the squad not necessarily on the bench.
1: But I think wasn't there like at least two where he didn't make the final twenty three cut in the Yeah, end? there
0: was one where he made it the night before, and he wasn't told. He was pretty much yeah. told in the uh, where do you, where are you? are you in the country? It was at the away game. I can't
1: remember. See, they're often double headers,
0: so if he was called up for eight, that's probably was only four. But the the horrible thing is, like I think this happened. So let's say, for instance, you're in Sweden, and you're there the night before the game. You're getting hyped up. You're thinking I could be on the bench. I could make it. Make it, I could come on for 10 minutes, and then you're told, like, Jacko, you're not in squad, bro, mm. and that's it. Like, you that'd break your heart.
1: So, if there is conversation, it, you'd assume it would swing more towards us than Talbot. I think, he, what, how often was he called up once or twice or something? Once
0: for a friendly or something, wasn't yeah, it? yeah. So, uh, that's that's pretty much it. Jack and his international aspirations hopefully get us a couple of a couple of quid and um. We're going to continue on now, Prof, with our 2017 Player of the Year. The one that I famously... Oh, Jesus, do you remember I presented that? That was... Was that the one? Horrendous, yeah. Is that where you... As a, there's uh, a litany of them now. <laughs> there's, there's, might as well start and start. I think. Was that the one where you confused uh, Gavin Bazunu
1: with a white footballer? One foot shorter than him?
0: N- not, not physically. Not with my eyes. <laughs> I got him mixed up. I got the little fullback back mixed up. He's with shells now. I was all a Kanye. And I was reading, reading out about him. And there, he was looking at me like I had ten heads. And then I think Duff was standing beside me. he's like, it's the wrong player. I'm fucking <laughs> he, I, I never my start to life with Duff was horrendous it just got worse from there oh as well. it just got so bad like, <laughs> like, like I think it started off with that no it started off with me at the sideline before a game near the dugout and I was like Duffer Duffer can I get you on the podcast like can I get a quick sound bite? and he was like what I was like, get on the podcast he looks at me and goes no and the look of disgust <laughs> in his face I'll never forget it I was like okay fair enough and then that happened that stupid carry on happened, and I I did it like twice. I forgot a few things, and then I went. I approached him in the suite. He just makes me nervous. Approach him in the suite. I was like, um
1: "You want the questions for for McLeod?" I said, I "Have you
0: got Have you got any questions for like Quinn or whatever?" I called him. He's like, "Who?" I was like, Mick Mc." He's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I I'm there going, "Oh my god, this is happening again." <laughs> and he goes I was like the kit man he goes Mick Lawler. and I goes yeah, yeah. he goes Pfft. he walked off I was like <laughs> oh man never talking to him again it's like a comedy sketch no man. it was it was that bad it was genuinely that bad ah oh, horrendous but yeah we're gonna back to the actual segment it's Gary Shaw Gary Shaw we're gonna be getting him on now and uh, 2007 the Empire of the Year Award Daddy Cool Okay, so we're joined on the line by Gary Shaw. Daddy Cool himself won the Player of the Year award, in Stephen Bradley's fourth full season in charge. And Shawsey you're at Bray Wanderers these days. So back where it all began. Uh, how are you dealing with the apocalypse so far?
2: Yeah, it's uh, obviously everyone said strange times. I have a, a near eight month pregnant wife in the house as well, and a three year old. So it's uh, it's quite testing. It's quite testing, man. Good and bad days, but uh, I suppose we're getting through it. And we're, I suppose we're hopefully coming towards the the end of the worst of it. So um, let's hope that we get some sort of decent news soon, and uh, we can start get back to normal life eventually.
0: Jesus, isolation sounds like it could be testing at times, are we? Absolutely, it is. You
2: know all about you know all about them when what they're like. So uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you'd, made prom- uh, it- Sorry, you'd made a promise. on you'd made a promise in start of the season as well, didn't you? Two goals in two games.
2: Yeah, it's, it, that, that's the frustrating thing uh, for me personally, I just wanted to get back and join football again and that's exactly what was going on and exactly what I targeted to do and um, um, look, everything came to a halt and look, you just have to deal with it and move on and again there's a lot of speculation when the league is going to resume and if it'll resume and all that kind of stuff but look, we'll just take each day as it comes and when we get concrete news we'll, we'll go with that so uh, look, it was a good start but I
0: suppose it's, it's not worth anything now. At the moment, I think they're looking. Personally, I've written the league off totally, and um, I'm 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 looking at February. I'm thinking next year we could start off. Hopefully, just resume the fixture list and keep the fifteen points <laughs> that we have on the board already.
2: I can imagine a lot of Rovers fans are uh, are are trying to get this league on the 19th of June again. I I'd, I'd, uh, I'd say it's frustrating for you as much as everyone else. But uh, um, look, I, I, I'm in the kind of saying, but I can't see like even to talk about the 19th of June. I think it's a bit crazy. And um, mm. you, you know, you have to take in player welfare. So people are kind of talking about like, the fans and all that kind of stuff. But the players having to play amongst each other in, in change rooms and all this kind of stuff. There's so much involved, and I just I can't see it being feasible. Um the way things are, so look, like I said, the, it's, it's above our heads, of who makes these decisions, and all that kind of stuff, so uh, we'll just, we we'll just have to wait and see, but uh, look, you hear loads of rumours, and speculation, you get these voice notes, coming through to you, and you wonder, is that just leading, Jimmy down the road, making <laughs> up a voice note, that kind of stuff, you know what I mean, so look, it's a, it's 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 a, it's a once in a lifetime thing, that we're going to go through, I'd imagine, and uh, look, we just have to deal with it, move on, and whenever it does come back, just uh we we'll
0: have to take it then. It is. It's horrendous. I mean, yourself being a football fan as well. There's, we're up to date with every league that's possible. Like I mean, all the highlight shows have been watched. There's just nothing to happen. Like there's nothing to watch anymore. You.
1: Choice is at home watching every
0: better match. <laughs> yeah, you're watching Dynamo Minsk uh, at home. Paw, but,
2: it's Paw Patrol in my house. lad
0: it's a terrible. Geez, the sooner this <laughs> league gets back, the better.
2: I but know, like, oh, I'm going mad. I am. I'm watching you, reruns of, of all these sorts of games, which is the only thing, but that's all you can do. Like, I'm big into the horse racing, my like dad's big horse racing, but none of that is on, and it's just all virtuals, and oh, it's crazy. It's just mad. They're going mad.
0: Do you think the league can survive this whole debacle and situation?
2: <sighs> you have to be realistic about it. Like, you know, it's, it's very hard to, to you know, think that all clubs can come through this unscathed it's um it's going to be a big hit on clubs and you know you do worry you do worry with some of them but um look obviously the bigger clubs you, you know they'll, they'll be okay it's obviously um you know clubs down the first division maybe like you just you just don't know it's it really is um everything is uncertain and what's going to happen and what owners are going to do and what they think um you know they have their own problems and you know pumping all that money into clubs and all is obviously this is gonna have a huge impact on them and you just you just don't know and that that's the thing and it's it's hard to get answers because no one does know the way this, because it's a virus, you just you just don't know what way it's it's gonna go from one week to the next and how bad it's gonna get and I see them talking yesterday about people are kinda of get complacent and all this kinda of stuff and that's the last thing we want happening now that this is all gonna start coming back harder on us again. So Jeez, you know, for the sake of everyone, we just want to get back, get the show back on the road, and just get back to normal life. Because, you know, sitting at home all day every day just takes its toll. And you know, obviously, the mental health side of things are starting to come into it now. And you know, you don't want that to be, become a major factor in this whole thing. Yeah. And uh, you just, you just want normality as best as you can. Look, the, the the normal we had at the start of the year is gone forever. It's going to be a new normal uh, going forward with all this social distance and stuff, and and you know, all. We're going to have to adapt to it. But look it's uh it's it's you know one day is one day at a time and we'll eventually eventually get there hopefully
0: yeah I'm, I'm with you on that i'm in the same boat as regards to like me and the prop are still working away and um sometimes social distancing can be a little bit tough and you have to implement it as much as you can but i think to talk about loosening up restrictions at the moment is absolutely insane and i think we just need to keep tipping away and doing it because I mean, like you said it's a virus you just don't know what the hell is going to happen so I think it's better safe than sorry so that's that's how we're feeling at the minute but we'll move on we'll move on from the to, to some better memories and we had you in Johnny Blue's bar 2017 September you nearly left your face mask behind you were like the Phantom of the Opera um, you scored a goal in Iceland which Prof doesn't let me forget that I missed because I was yep. uh going for the hit and miss myself and the shawzi swivel in Dundalk as well so what would be uh, would they be among your highlights of that year personally a very successful year for you
2: yeah it was look I was I was when you, when you asked me to, to come on I was thinking I was kind of went back and had a look at the year just kind of thinking through and I just remember how bad of a start 2017 was for me yeah. now now my, my, my wife will tell me otherwise that my son was born to start the year now I don't mean that that was fantastic <laughs> but but well, I remember we, we had signed uh, a lot of players a load of good players and you know things were optimistic and it was obviously the manager's first full season in charge and when we walked out into Rollstone first day of pre-season and I was really looking forward to the season and uh, I tore my hamstring the first session first drill first session of 2017
0: Tor straight away and Tor
2: just gone just did a warm up into a possession drill I remember I was closing Paul Cardy down and put my me, put me leg out and hamstring went
0: He's a core staff fella. That sounds like you're passing it on. I couldn't,
2: I couldn't believe it, and I was, I was fuming, and I was out for, I was out for eight weeks or something like that. And I remember I first came back, and it was actually funny enough. It was year, I remember it was year, uh, your first show on the podcast. You had just set it up, and you were discussing why I went down to Kilkenny.
0: And, <laughs> funny, funny, we thought you were being punished.
2: Yeah, you were yeah. talking about me, even What what did he do? He must have done something to him and all. And I, I had just I had missed I had missed the whole preseason and because my son was was due to be born around the time the lads went to Portugal, I couldn't go on the pre season trip. So I'd effectively missed everything. And the only game that I could have got a couple of minutes in before the season was going to start was that game down at Thomas, in Thomastown in Kilkenny. And uh I remember listening to the podcast, and it's just like, "What's that? The after doing? He's he must have done something bad. He's actually sitting <laughs> down with the kids."
1: You we we weren't in the game. loop then, Josie.
2: Yeah, we we got that one nail as well, and I was like, "Oh my god, getting you out of here! Like, I was just <laughs> like, what is going on?" And then we played Dundalk first game of the season. I was left out of the squad. Um, the second game, then we played bows and it was the game that was nearly called off what was going ahead was I was pissing rain all, all evening and Michael O'Connor scored uh, I think he scored very late on to win it um, and then uh, and then it was dirty and I remember I kind of I nearly was I was nearly done after the dirty game because we had made three substitutions we were 1-0 down and Brazier looked down at the bench and he said Shazi go warm up and I ran out and started warming up and then someone called me back. I think it was Glenn called me back and said, Yeah, we're off to making three subs, sorry sit down there and Jesus. I just thought, Oh lads, what is going on here? And then luckily for me the next game was away to the hallway.
0: Hey, hey, and,
2: <laughs> and I knew it then. But uh, then the manager called me, and I think we'd lost the derby. And the manager called me, and he said, "Look, I'm going to start you against Galway." And uh, I think it was, a mid, was it was I think it was a Monday night game. I'm not sure. Um, but he said, "Look, I'm going to start you against Galway." And lo and behold, they scored after four or five minutes, and then scored the winner, and we won. And I suppose.
0: Oh, I don't think that was a kick, Monday. I don't. I don't think that was a Monday. Was
2: not, I can't. I can't remember. I, I'm not you sure. just. I'm not sure, but I just I just remember then. After that, then kind of has kicked on, and uh, I started playing. I played every week then, and, and then you know you had the some the the turning point of that season for for the squad. I think was the win against Dundalk and um, the one I was doing bikey from the edge of the box. That one that was, that, was uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that kind of kind of got the season going for for that squad, and we kind of done well throughout the summer then, and obviously as you're saying. Scored in York Which was brilliant um, And then coming back Obviously look We were beaten by a better team In, in the of Bolloslop that year In Czech Republic Came back obviously In Beth Dock, And um, Then you had Galway again away Which is some Unbelievable memories Like honestly brilliant And made me fall in love With the club that season And I uh, really mean that Like it was just When you're, when you're doing well At Shamrock Rovers I swear to God There's no better feeling In the world
0: <laughs> One of our pro- Prominent fans Still think That we drew that night In Galway That'll explain how much, how much gargo we had that that night? Because we were know, on the, the bus. Only, the
2: only thing, the only thing I regret about that match is that the, the
0: goals weren't scored up here. Oh, it would have I been know, carnage. Carnage. Yeah. It would probably have got called off.
2: <laughs> oh, stop.
0: But yeah, now really one happened. of our better memories uh, is definitely, and we've we've had another great memory in Galway uh, last season as well for the quarterfinals with a late league Grace header as well, but. We found that out. As well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it still wasn't down. And Pico was still uh, dictating the celebrations. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> he loves
0: that, he does. Ah, he's cute enough. But we found out that you only listened to the podcast not too long ago. And you still listen. And Carl was yeah, saying hello. that Liam Scales is your doppelganger. And there were some derogatory remarks about gingers. Oh, you had your corner here. But you were saying something about, something about gingers having something else, what was it?
2: Yeah, gingers have souls. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I was listening to him, I, <laughs> I was listening to him in the car and he was saying that it was in the alien room and he said, I swear I to got to talk shows. He come on there for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> I just thought, oh God. Geez, uh, it's quite a nice to yeah. text and saying that gingers have souls. <laughs> <It's awesome.
1: laughs> real
0: people as well, Prof.
1: I just have to say, when you were on the podcast that time, the, the story you told, the meeting of the two Gary Shaws, that is still one of the best stories we have ever been told
2: here. That's... That's that's madly. Like. <laughs> I swear to God. Like I I, I, I like when I encountered him in the at the Mill Cup thousand nine, and um, when I was playing for Rovers like and I just saw, thought it was so weird that someone else had my name, and um, then when I went into the hospital that day, and. There he was Gary Shaw Standing in front of me Like <laughs> I couldn't believe it Like I swear Usually to God. you just kind
0: seen, of, The two of you Should have disappeared Really shouldn't you Are you just There should have been Some sort of It's like
2: that It's like that meme you Not know that meme That the, has Spider-Man, Spider-Man man Looking in the That's what I like It's just I swear to God I couldn't believe it It was so funny So funny I couldn't wait To tell the story
1: so You haven't ran into him Again by any chance Have you
2: Haven't Haven't seen him since Haven't seen him since Now but uh I think that it's just brilliant the way that happened, the way it rolled out. Like, just That's because he's there. Gary
1: he's out there on the, on the front line, Gary. The real Gary Shaw. <laughs>
2: yeah. He is, actually. Yeah, he's in James' hospital. That's where he is. Doing real work.
0: But tell me, what do you remember? Did you hear that, Prof? That was a dig at the posties, <laughs> I reckon. The posties. <laughs> but uh, what, do you, what do you remember of the Player of the Year Award party itself and the reaction when you were chosen by the fans? <clears throat> I
2: remember... Um, Obviously, at that stage, I was in the cast, and um, I was I was in the stand in Limerick. We were playing Limerick, and I was in the cast, and New was obviously on after, and I was kind of saying, "My man, that were due to be arriving in from." from Spain that, that evening and I said I absolutely love to be like players say I oh, know I'll be brilliant you know with so many good players and you know what I mean but really deep down like I was like Jesus I would love to be named Rovers player of the year like what a what he an achievement can- that is for the season you know what I mean so like deep down like I'm saying because some lads are saying oh, you have a chance you know you or Berkey whatever and I was kind of saying oh, no, I don't know I'm not Did you sure genuinely think, Trevor, think you
0: had a chance deep down? <laughs>
2: deep down I think the way things were like I, I think you know over the course of the season I'd come up in some big games and I think my honesty really sh- like, was shown through that season of what I was about and the hard work I put in. Now, I think you could really see it and I think fans really appreciate it, not just because some people would say, oh, I need to score more. Well, I think my all-around game was really good that season. I really showed what I was about and why I was brought to the club. And Obviously, I had felt, before, like with the arm break obviously happened, but I had felt the next season I really could have kicked on and... Um, Done really well, so I was kind of hoping you know, that people saw that, and that, that that was my genuine feeling going in. And look, if I wasn't named, yeah, I would have been disappointed. And said, oh, you know, I really would have loved doing that. But to be named, obviously, when you when you called me out, um, I know I think you were, were you having a mayor.
0: Oh, mare? we just said it. <laughs> we were just talking about it off air. It was probably my worst performance of all time ever. Mayor is not a mayor is being nice. <laughs> oh my god I got so many players wrong Duffer nearly headbutted me
2: Oh stop Oh my god I tell you, you got the stare off man. Oh I did
0: get the stare off I've gotten it a few times
2: Oh stop, stop. But uh, no look Then when they called me out Like it was It was uh, it was brilliant Like and um, You just have everyone Come up to you Want them to sign A lot of people had a thing Where you know They got the player of the year To sign their season ticket And I was doing that all evening It was, it was brilliant Like it was really Honestly it was the trophy still up in my sitting room like it's it's uh it's really is a big achievement for me and obviously if you look down the list of names that are on that, it's great to be part of that group and like it's you know, I fully feel myself that I deserved like, you know, to be um that, that season I deserved it. So it was uh it was obviously a brilliant achievement for me, so I'm delighted with it. Just yeah. unfortunate with the arm break it was just one of those things And it just It, it ruined me eventually Basically pretty,
0: pretty easy Yeah and we were just going to say It's still on your mantelpiece and the nightmare end of 2017 And breaking your arm And It was the upper arm as well So it's a very very strange place To break your arm So talk about the injury And the recovery process
2: Yeah so It was the humerus bone I broke it I broke it into six uh, Separate pieces um, Obviously some Jeez. Bigger than others But I basically know, it, was a, it, was, it was an explosion In my arm And um, I had two rods, two big metal plates, and I've twelve bolts going through the arm, um, and they're coming out the cast and the and the brace, and all was kind of quick, but it was more so after that. Then it was just the, how slow it was and. I oh, yeah. came back into pre-season I missed all of December in the gym with the lads I could do a couple of bits and pieces of leg work and stuff but Darren tried his best and Tony McCarthy tried his best to kind of work around the arm but it was so difficult because um, you know it would be weird like if you're doing a lunge and I'd still get pain in the arm like it was just constant so I got to the first game of the season and I kind of in my head I was kind of saying no I'm alright I'm alright I remember we played bowls and I was just like my god my I am way off here I have No strength compared to what I used, and I I was trying to adapt my game to.
0: And in the back of your head, you're probably thinking, This, I mean, I'm slightly uh, injured here. Like,
2: yeah, like I was kind of saying, you know, this this isn't good, and I was kind of worrying a bit. And uh, I was doing as much as I could, but it was, it was, see, it's it's not a muscle, it was the actual, like, structure of the the bone, it was just completely reconstructed. I may as well have, you know, it may as well be a metal metal bone of, like it's it's just it's it was so far off of what it was the season beforehand and then then it came into a stage where it's kind of like you know three games went by four games went by and I was kind of saying this isn't getting better like and then I was kind of coming off earlier in the match and then I wasn't starting I was kind of saying Jesus Christ I've just been named player of the year three months ago and now I can't get the team
4: yeah.
2: and it was kind of confidence was kind of it was just kind of going from the top level, to I was kind of saying, oh my god, like I don't even want to, I don't even want to go to this match. I don't, I don't want to train because I just, like, I just can't get this right. And I completely understood from a manager's point of view and all that kind of stuff. He's, he's the manager Shamrock Rovers, and he has to, he has to win football matches. And obviously, you know, things got a bit sour then with the fans, the like um, after Dundalk and all that kind of stuff, and. You know, I was then obviously completely long confidence that the team was kinda of took a bit of a dip and things weren't good and I was just kind of saying, Oh my god, like what is going on here? Like things were looking so good and progressive and then obviously we had that bit of a dip. And I kind of when we kinda of came out of that then, I was kind of saying, you know, this is this is not good for me and all that kind of stuff. But look, I still kept my head down I worked hard and did what I could for the team when I did play and train and stuff like that and obviously and I kind of, and I said a nail on the coffin for me. It was uh, kind of when we went away to AIK and I was left out of the team. And um, I was kind of saying, this, this, this is probably me now. You know, even though it was only July, I think it was July. I was kind of saying, this, this is probably me now. That's kind of it because um, I knew that you know if I wasn't going to be involved in such a big game where we w- would need a goal because we were going we were one 0 down in the tie. I was kind of saying, this is this is probably going to be me now. So, but look the way things turn out you know you come back and again but I have a couple of days I think it was a couple of days later then I went and scored or,
1: it was on the Sunday the, yeah everyone remembers this the sun, diving the header
2: Sunday. yeah diving header and look after the game the manager called like singled me out and he said look, this fella's been through a horrific time and I understand what he's going through and this and that and and he said but he still he comes on and he wins the game for us and that just shows the character and that yeah just being
0: a, a pro isn't it
2: and like you look, you'd have players, and you know the players that I'd be talking about that have come and gone, and, and have tr- tr- thrown the toys out of the pram, and if they're not picked for one game, that's it. You know, I may as well, you know, jack it in. But I was never about that. And like I said, you know, I really honestly fell in love with the club and just what it was all about, and you know how they interacted the community and the, the kids and the academy and everything. Everything they do was just unbelievable, and I just, I just loved it. And that's why I'd never, I'd never do anything to, to jeopardize the club. On off the pitch and really am like obviously like a fan going forward and like I'm looking forward to bringing my son when he's older to yeah, the matches still... that kind of stuff because that that's 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 the way the club treated me and I I'm I'm looking forward to you know giving back and uh but that that that's the way look that's the way football is it's a ruthless game and never lost any. You know, didn't fall out with anyone you know cup final there on November texting the staff I text the players that I was I've been playing that I know like just best of luck and well done after the game and all yeah. that kind of stuff and they all got back to me and that's just that's just the way it's been since then and we have a great relationship with everyone still
0: Well that's that's fantastic that the relationship still remains intact but tell me how's the arm now?
2: Yeah it's look this is what I'm saying like even last year I still like and people are finding it hard to believe like what do you mean it's a year and a half on but Really, I can't tell you enough the damage I've done to this arm. I really can't. Um, and again, when you're, you can do all the gym work you want and do these exercises and all that kind of stuff, but when you have game situation, it's just completely different. It's just, when your
0: arm explodes.
2: <laughs> when you, yeah, that's it. Like it's just completely different, and you you don't realise it. And like I said, I kind of have to change up the way I play because of because of it. And. Again, um, last year was just completely up and down and it was just those seasons where nothing went right on a match day for us and that's just the way it was and just scratch I just that season because that's the way it was and don't look back on it. Um, and I was looking forward to just going into this season, beating the first division, going back, enjoying football again because that's when I'm playing my best football and when I'm enjoying it and working away, doing my bit and supporting the family and all that kind of stuff because like I said to start there I have you know a baby due in June which you know is obviously going to add to the madness here and I want to be able to support them fully because football like I said can be taken away from me in a second yeah. and I need to have something there now to have like I'm 27 still like look I'm still 27 that's what I keep saying to myself and um, I feel like I've been around the league for 20 years and <laughs> um, but like I just want to be able to be able to have that you know foundation there that you know if something does happen again because it kind of gave me a scare if something does happen you kind of say right at least I have this bit of experience behind me that I'm not going in that 31, 32 saying she's like no experience in work at all here like I need to have something behind me so just that's the decision I took and I said go part time and um, play play in the league still and uh, you know enjoy football enjoy having um, uh, work there as well and look you have that and you know a fine balance, and then you have your family as well. So it's just kind of uh, inter intertwining everything together to just create one good balance, and that that's what I'm going for now. Obviously, that's kind of uh, come to a halt at the moment. But look, with,
0: yeah, uh, I'm a big believer in getting the work life balance right now. With myself, to be honest, now with those, it creates a a, thing, a lot of better atmosphere at home. So um, um, just a note
1: on um, Dundalk. They obviously ended up in the league the last two years. They haven't lost a home since September. Two thousand eighteen and that was our two one win out there with the last minute penalty from Watts. I think Gary sent you the photo, doesn't he, where he's uh, grabbing remember, your head on the pitch afterwards, giving him a I wire I
2: remember I remember after that. I remember after that getting on to sports I was in, any pictures. Uh they, do you have any other pictures from the game and all my god. I think I remember scrolling back to the, the text, I was getting a couple of pictures of the picture of me as well throwing the hat back to, to Gary. And I just <laughs> remember when that that was mad. I just remember when when Bill scored the goal and we all ran over. and just carried, out. and then I just saw him. He had the hat, took the hat and put it on backwards, and just started dancing around. And then uh, that was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. It was just just summed up what like wins like that are. with over, and when when you're there and it's in the moment, you can just you're, you're capable to do anything. Swear to God.
0: Before that happens, like you know you have a penalty lay on. You're in Oriel Park. You're thinking. To, are you thinking to yourself? I'm, I'm going over to the fans here. Like, is that is that a I'm top? Not
2: t- I'm not. I'm not looking. I'm kind of saying, where is Gary Parsons? Good old Rob You know. So it's just. It's honestly at, at that moment I'm just kind of saying, "Geez, right, just please score, please, yeah. God, just score." And uh, we had we had yeah we it was two, what was the last last minute, but it was it was. Uh, I was just mad, and everyone ran over. Sure. By the time we got to the edge of the 18 yard box, sure. Five hundred fans were already on the pitch. Like it was just. <laughs> I'm surprised the ref. I'm surprised the ref didn't get retake for encroachment from the yeah. band <laughs> uh, uh, brilliant,
3: brilliant.
0: Um. Yeah. So. Uh.
1: Yeah. It was. It was. It was a cracker of a night. So at the end of 2018, then were you, were you sad to leave the club?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was. I was. Look. I knew going into the Sligo game that I wasn't going to be playing for overs next year. The last game of the season. I knew. Um, I had spoken to the manager and I knew going into that game that I wasn't going to be there next year but I still played that game started that game played but um, I knew that um, that was my I suppose Rovers career over and um, it was tough to take it was hard and um, I enjoyed it so much but I knew that um, uh, early on like I said that it was kind of going to be inevitable the way things were going so I just had to leave that behind me and, and focus on what was ahead and um, yeah, like I said, I've, I've great memories from it, and three great years, and met some great friends over, and you know, still keep in touch with a lot of them. Um, and yeah, look, like I said, I look forward to getting back up when I finish playing, and I have the time, I'll I'll, I'll be bringing my my uh, my kids up there, hopefully, and uh, things are are still going as well as they are now.
0: Yeah, you're welcome in the south Stan, with us any time.
2: Absolutely,
0: I thought I'd be heading straight for <laughs> yeah. But then you joined uh, Rover's B team straight after um, <laughs> 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 Brand- Brando went with you Dave Webster was there, Simon Madden, James a Barry Murphy, Mikey Drennan So yeah, the B team were getting A run out in the Premier Division this time um, How would you get on at Pats?
2: Yeah, it was look Harry Look, Harry's a great fella and I'm sure you know the Kennys like they're a mad family and they're just football and mad yeah. and they're they're, br- they're brilliant like they're they're a bunch of absolute jokers like like as in they're they love the banter and that's what they're all about but when when Post runs comes to show like that they have the serious head and they can switch it on and Harry Harry assembled look, he assembled a nice little squad there and people are optimistic. Like I said, hard work was put in. I, I've never uh, questioned the commitment of that group of players at all. But it was just on a Friday night, whatever happened, we just could not come together and what we were doing on, on train we could not put together on the on the pitch. And um, at the end he- at the end of it all, you kinda look back and saying, like going into the last game of the season we we could have got Europe. And that's but that's what we kind of look back on saying, "What an what an opportunity missed!" Like for the group of players, because you know it felt like such a, a negative season. And you know when we kind of got a couple of wins, we'd always go to get a couple of losses. But going into the last game of the season, we we could have got Europe, and that's just that's just the way it, it kind of went. And it was it was a funny season. It was strange, but. Like I said, I never took a day for granted. I worked hard every day, and I, I brought in like, the character. My character never changed, no matter who I was playing for, and uh, did my bit on and off the pitch for the club. And that—that's just who I am, obviously. And uh, like I said, it's just—it's just another year in football that you can look back on. You can take positives. You can look at negatives and see how you can turn them into positives. And that's just the way it was. And 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 that's that's a uh, I suppose just another year in the CV that I can I can think about.
0: But the way we're on the subject of pets, uh, we we actually work with one of the coaches. I'm not sure if you work with him. His name was Noel Cully. Did you? Do you remember him? No,
2: yeah, Noel. Yeah, he's he was terrible, like wasn't
0: Noel. he? <laughs>
2: He was. That's him. That's him. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Niall's, Niall's a good lad. I, I, I got on well with Niall. I went down to Carlo and Niall, uh, doing a coaching course. Now he struggled on the coaching course, but uh
0: Yeah, he, he would uh, struggle. now. I'm saying. You were telling me that. <laughs> you were telling me that before. he struggled No, we don't pull punches on this on this show, Shaw's, You know. You know yourself. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no. Niles a good lad. He just he just wears the wrong colours.
0: That's. All. Yeah. That's what I always <laughs> said to him. That you were born in the wrong colours. But um so tell us about the FAI Cup final. And um, did you watch it on telly or did you
2: go? I was there. I um I was I was I had to get a ticket at the last minute and I wasn't actually able to I had something on but that got cancelled last minute, got a ticket. Um and it went went up and I was I was unfortunately in with Kondok people, um, just <laughs> kind of behind to the side of the dark bench, um which was a pain. But um because when Duffy scored that goal they all went mad and I was just sitting there I was with one of my mates and uh, they were all going mad and uh, obviously I was sick so uh, obviously when um, when the Gary Neal scored the penalty like, it was just brilliant and just like just again I was part of me was kind of saying you know jeez I would love to be on that pitch now you know going mm-hmm. into that stand and like he's been so close um, obviously in 2017 in the semi-final like i've never got to play in the aviva and um like i said you're not going to get many more fans like rovers would have packed out that place and you knew that regardless of what season it was and um, would have loved to be in there played there and um, that was my second semi-final loss against dundalk as well so uh, it was great to see rovers beat them in the final and uh you know just everything about the about the the game was was great for the club and it just you just had that feeling didn't you you just had the feeling um, that well, we did, yeah. and we did yeah we
0: always thought we were going to win
2: you didn't want, you didn't you didn't want to be shouting from the rooftops but you just just the way things were and the way the season went obviously you just kind of knew that this was the year it was going to happen and uh it was um it was great for the club and just obviously the celebrations went on for days weeks for you <laughs> lot was, we
0: ended up getting tattoos and everything
2: <laughs> oh sorry, sorry, I remember
3: that. I remember listening to that
2: one you were Under
0: oh, the there. influence, yeah. You, ma- you mentioned uh, earlier how how
1: happy you were for the Bears. You were texting them all. I'm sure that includes Stephen Bradley because you were there from the very beginning of his reign. You were there as he as he built that team, which led to him lifting the cup.
2: Yeah, I text him text him after the game. Um, I text him no, I text him the next day. Um I knew look I knew he'd be getting in a day with text messages off people and all that kind of stuff. So I let the the dust settle a bit and I text him the next day and just said well done and um, great win for the club and for you. Um, and he texted me back straight away and just just said, you know, thanks very much and I hope you're doing really well. And uh yeah, it was great. It was, it was look that's that that's just that's the level of respect that he has, even though like he's the one that say, Let me go but that that that's just the you know, have that respect for him and he has it with me and that's that's just part of why the club is, is just on such a you know, held such high regard in my in my eyes because uh people are like that. It's respect. Um and, you know, it's great it's great to see and I was delighted for him, delighted for the dads and, and the club in general. So um you know, like I said, it's the league now. You just want next, and oh, yeah. you know, obviously, that's that. That'll be that'll cause all sort of pandemonium. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll Oct- see, we'll October twenty twenty two. It's happening. <laughs> that's it. It's uh, oh, stuff. It'll, unbelie- It'll be unbelievable if that get done. I think, like the way look, the way things are, and the way the club has has grown over the last couple of years. That that's. Look, that's the way it's going. I think it's gonna. Rovers are gonna start to dominate now. And um, if they can hold on to the players, is is, the, is obviously another topic of conversation. And um, because you know the likes of Jack is obviously so influential. Like Lee, look at Lee. Like I, I can never get over how good Lee has become.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, from from Galway, like I used to play against Lee for Wexford and then Galway, and like Lee was always a very good player. I used to just love playing against him. But now i will be like, he's the last person I'm gonna play against. <laughs> Because the man is just a machine, mm. and he can play, he does everything, and they're the kind of players that are just have solidified that team. And then you had the likes of Jovi, like what a pro, and every, everyone's just come on. It's just the team has just kind of mulled into perfection. And you know, like I said, when yous are picking your your starting eleventh at the end of each podcast, you, every every week's a headache. Like like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, and I'm just kind of saying, like, you know what? Like, it's, imagine me the manager of the team. Like, we you know be putting in that's... twelve
0: players and thirteen players trying to sneak yeah. them in.
2: I' you know, playing a tree for tree one
1: week. Yeah, usually happens is Gary Gary picks his team and then he asks me who did he leave out. I'm like, you left out Graham Burkert. Yeah. Like, oh, 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 yeah. yeah, I always <laughs> leave Mill. Yeah. Oh,
0: sorry. Yeah. I always leave Mill. Like
2: that's like they're the colour player. Like you know what I mean that, that that they have to select every single week and it's just. Such a headache, I and mean, you can imagine how intense training is, and you know the the headaches he has on a Thursday picking the team for a Friday and keeping everyone happy. And then, then he's bringing in new players, and you're just kind of saying, "My God, like where's he fitting these lads in?" But everyone seems to be happy and playing out their skin and it's uh, it's just such a good balance of of, of a group. And like I said, the, this break has obviously come at the wrong time because you know, Rovers were. On a serious open door, they, they had they were gathering serious momentum and they hadn't been beaten for don't know how long. But uh, it's uh, look, it's just a pity that the, the break came when it did. But I'm sure when things go back to back to normal and play it resumes, that look the, look the characters that they are and the professionals that they are, it's not going to phase them at all.
0: Excellent. stuff, well, we're going to leave it at that, you and we're hoping to see it in this outstand in in uh, the near future so listen thanks for your call today it's been fantastic chatting yeah. with you and uh, thanks, keep on helping right
2: absolutely
3: that's, thanks a lot
0: see you later bye see you bye bye yeah so uh, Shazi talking for mm-hmm. Ireland talking for Rovers uh, great stuff great to have him back there's a man I his passion- memory was vivid of that season I know was like he was reading off the script
1: there's a man as passionate about Rovers as Nearly everybody donating. Yeah, they, they, was like I was saying. It
0: was like ta- yeah, it was like talking to one of the lads in the chat. Yeah. Fantastic stuff from Shawsee, so we'd be definitely getting him on again. <laughs> and it'd be interesting to have the perspective of a player who plays in the league and follows the club as well. So that could be something we could mm. look into. What do you mean like Connor Kearns? <laughs> yeah, well he's uh, I think Shawsee could be a little bit more outspoken than Connor. <laughs> Not as well spoken. <laughs> Um, yeah so where where are we Prof we I should were.
1: have asked him about uh, player Bray Tristan Noah
0: Kaufman yeah one of the cooler names in the league yeah. BJ Banda still the winner for me um, yeah so that was Shazzy and a big shout out to our former player of the year so Michael O'Neill Prof he stepped down as manager of Northern Ireland he's going to carry on the dual role with Stoke City but the postponement of the UEFA 2020 playoffs changed things so under 21 in Barclough is looking like the bookies' favourite and mm-hmm. um, there's no one else really in the running is there
1: I was reading an article I think it was the Belfast Telegraph it was showing all the list of contenders and there's two former Robber staff members in there you got Tommy Wright and Jim Magilton Tommy Wright and Jim Magilton yeah Jim Magilton would really fancy that one as well I think they had Magilton at 33-1 to 1, though
0: he's always mentioned but 33 is yeah I think his assistant is is the highest he's going to get. With Dermot Keeley closing down his bar and the lands I'm trying to make a Milltown joke here. Mm.
1: I'm sure he can just go up north and open up the bar of the future. And uh, I'm sure all his customers won't mind following him out there. And uh, there's obviously no emotional connection to the bar itself. So
0: just go to a new bar. There you go, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure he didn't pick the side of his... The people he's renting the promises off. Mm. So... I don't know, bit of a standoff here. here. Um, Puddle won our Bear World Cup on Twitter. And <coughs> I, I'm getting hammered for this. People Power fought through in the end. Realistically, that's the way it worked. Because they got all their fans and followers and subscribers and everybody to get involved. No one else really didn't. They were the only ones interested. Uh, they beat Peroni in the final, which was a slobber knocker, as we say. But it was, a, it was just something to do during lockdown. <laughs> Um, it's a cracking beer. You can get a can and get delivered. Um, check them out. The four provinces. They're really, really good guys. They make lovely beer. Uh, just be very careful with the piper. <laughs> be very careful. It's delicious. We but can testify that delicious but dangerous. The hundred show. Yeah, delicious but dangerous. And rovers have been streaming more old games as well. Prof, I didn't really catch many of them, but the lads, the chat was hopping. Um. I wasn't I wasn't able to catch them but the chat was hopping as if it was happening at the live. Do you know what I mean? So it was the first game in last week, two thousand six FAI Cup upset away the balls and then we've Real Madrid on Sunday. So loads to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And you set your alarm and then you'll stick it on. Now Sunday also someone on Sunday. But um I like just stick it on and then there you go, there's your fix. There's your football fix. Like the the Madrid mm-hmm. game. Socky was brilliant In the first couple yeah. of minutes He was Dyson Marcelo I think it was He had a shot on target Like it's a really Really good build up Lead up to the whole Games class
1: I was looking at the Starting line From the 2006 game Where you beat Bowes, The the Baz penalty save Castle. Yeah Three player of the year Is in that uh lineup. We got Barry Murphy Aidan Price And Jared O'Brien.
0: Pricer The stalwart so,
1: Anyone interested In those sort of interviews
0: Yeah definitely
1: well, We've had Price around A couple of times But how did you get on with my Stephen Bradley quiz? Uh,
0: I felt like I... I felt like... See, me and Brads. we go way back. You know, yeah. we've started kind of our journey as joint coach slash commentators together. And, you know, it's...
1: You knew him inside out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, you... I, I always notice when you're not on the quiz, put it that way. And... um. Well, that was my one, yeah. No, I know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. But your, your ones are just... They, they lure you in <laughs> especially the multiple the multiple choice ones they lure you in and you're looking at all the answers thinking every one of them is very possible <laughs> very possible and you get joy out of that I can tell you're, you're sitting there looking at the answers just going ho oh, 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 oh. people are getting frustrated do
1: <laughs> you know what gives me the most joy
0: <laughs> there
1: wasn't any in in that particular yeah. quiz but people still haven't copped that Gary Twig is never gonna be an answer to any of these questions. He's, never. He's
0: always a decoy. Throw him in there and they're like, twig! It's like yeah. it's like the second they see twig, boom! Press. Every single time he wins the poll. Yeah. It's like he's not gonna be the answer. He, and he, he still will. People won't take heed, they won't listen. Um yeah, so that was that's all our streaming coming up and congratulations to Aaron Green on his beautiful bouncing baby daughter, Harper, who was born. Uh, in the last week or so so big congrats and hope all is well at home with mommy and baby so is this um, is this a weird time to be born or
1: is it an ideal time get this crap over with
0: yeah I think it's 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 a great time to be born because well possibly for the parents because they're gonna their full focus is on the child they mm. if if they are still in the situation where they have to isolate and stay at home full focus is on the child mm. bonding all that stuff or it could be just mayhem in the house mm. <laughs> you never know the child
1: won't remember this time Remember back then we used to eat garbage out of dustbins and <laughs> Yeah, what's yeah. the
0: what's the child gonna be called? There's gonna be a name for children called. Wouldn't I wouldn't say Covid babies, it doesn't sound too uh yeah, it sounds creepy. Yeah, sounds a bit off. But uh, yeah, so congratulations to A G and um yeah, great stuff. So uh, unfortunately Shea Kyo passed away and um a league a cup went out with Rovers in the fifties um, R.I.P. to Owen Stone, uh, a 24-year-old Rovers fan from Leash, and to Ray Spain, the father of the under-19s player Andy. So, unfortunately, there's been a couple of passings when Noel Campbell as well, another Rovers fan from Shank Hill. So, um, yeah, so rest in peace to anyone who's passed away recently. Right, so up next we have Jer Tuhigg. He's a Lucan hoop, a, a Luke and, um stalwart like myself. And he... Uh, he has been doing marathons in his back garden for to raise money and funds for the frontline workers. So You um, say
1: marathons in his back garden. Yeah.
0: And his back garden's not exactly like the field of dreams, do you know what I mean? Like it's quite it's not small, but like to do a marathon in it.
1: Build it and they will come.
0: And he's done a couple. This fella's indestructible. So um yeah, we're gonna talk to Jarrett about what he's been doing. A big, big Rollers fan as well, so obviously that's the reason we've been getting him on. So that's uh, he's up next. Okay, so we're here with Jared Tuig, and am I pronouncing your name right? Yeah. Right, and uh Jared, we've uh, we've been just discussing your back garden marathons and uh, before we before we delve into that, just tell me how how have you been getting on since pretty much the apocalypse has been come across all over us. Well have we have,
3: not it's not so far it's not so bad as I can go get out and about there for a bit of extra to go to the shops and that but there's other people there now that are really struggling like uh, my partner like she used to stay in she can't go to the shops right like now because she's told to eat she's at high risk and with all the stuff that's going on it's, it's just too dangerous
0: yeah it is it is it's it's insane and, and like some people are taking it lightly but then again the likes of yourself who would have to uh, really, really take this seriously. Um it's 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 a serious situation and I don't I don't think a lot of people are taking it seriously enough. No, like even when you're out there having
3: to walk around you see groups of people walking around, the police are stopping them and asking them to separate it, and all they're not taking their names, like it's it's really it's this is the for this, I don't know, I think. Yeah, you know, you can't right. see anything happening until there's a vaccine. Um and there's a vaccine to cure this, like, you know. Because kind of, you don't know where it's going to keep
0: coming and going If people think that it's all right And it's finished And it just keeps coming back and back Who knows And uh, yeah things are probably just going to get worse But we'll delve into a lighter subject now And quickly tell us uh, Your your first Your first experience at Rawers How did you get into it? Yeah um, first experience at Rawers
3: When we couldn't go Back in the day Back in uh, the late 70s um, Early 80s Um and well you have to yeah, tell us his a, name. Would been, it would have been the tradition all the way down for the family that was involved in Rollers. So that's what I'm into because he played for them when he was playing football we the team. I think he played for the Rangers we game as well.
0: So. And I believe you've got a bit of a famous football and family.
3: Uh, but he'd be, he'd be the he would have been the famous one, uh, Alan Alan Campbell. We only actually buried his brother yesterday.
0: Yeah, so we here. We just gave a, we just announced it, and, and we, we sent our condolences. But um, what what was it like having Alan Campbell as your uncle? Uh, as your cousin. Oh, as your cousin, right? As your cousin, yeah. Ah, um, uh, yeah, they're very good, very good to Campbell all the all all, True, everything. Well, and
3: just as I said, I never got to
0: see Alan playing, but from reading on his career and uh,
3: hearing uh, what people had to say, to was making it made
0: the so, so Rovers is just pretty much steeped in the in the cloth oh, of, the knowledge family.
3: Knowledge of the family.
0: Yeah, yeah. So tell us, right. I've been telling the prof here all about you doing the marathons in the back garden, and I think I saw the end of one where you were in the scrubs and you were milling Guinness. And yeah. like I'm I'm looking at the back garden. It's not it's not huge. It's not an acre or anything like that. So tell us, I mean, how did it come about that you decided to do? Full on marathon So how many kilometres Are we talking? Uh, 42
3: 42, 26 miles 42 kilometres 26 miles In your back garden.
0: Each time Each time we your backyard. 42
3: yeah. And how many, have, many have you done back. so far? I've done First three of my own bar an hour Last week Because I was doing an interview on The Nile of show And apparently I'm going to talk over And then this week um, We staggered it Because my body was a bit So I had a Another couple of people running But we were keeping Social distancing we done the first hour, and we let like them go. We done an hour, done
0: an hour and twenty. We finally took over and done an hour. It was class. It was a staggering thing as well. So I mean, the 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 mind frame that you're in and doing this, it's purely just to to raise funds as well, isn't it? So how much have you raised so far? Um, we're over eleven and
3: a half thousand between the four charities we've done. The first one that we did. As I
0: said, we started this up on a Monday evening at five or eleven I put up on their Facebook page. And without trying to that the next
3: morning I just
0: got up and running. <laughs> you're just one of these guys that is indestructible, I reckon. Yeah, just to be crazy, I don't really <sighs> so, yeah, I am, we don't know. So you just decided, yeah, I'm gonna and do a marathon. I mean, I I struggled to get ten K under the belt and you're and you're after after the back of a weekend getting up and doing marathons. Yeah,
3: because just, to, It's one of them things, it's like Anthony, because I said, it's mind over my if you say you can do something, you'll do it. If you say you can't do it, you won't be able to do it. When well, I was doing out of that mentally, and physically, to be like, you need to be headstrong or something like that, you know, because you keep going around, constantly going around in a circle, a circle, and he said, it's not that big thingy back there, when you're going around like that, and there's no one there with you. At the end, like, it was, I it was, it came over to, and came over well, were keeping social
0: distance for the last hour to get me over the line But when you're doing something like that on your own And you're just listening to the radio It's, it's mentally draining. He's right. mentally is the, the mental aspect of that is half the battle It really is I can only imagine In a little confined space where It's like prison to be honest It's like you're in a prison yard exercising Yeah, well as well When I got this idea I heard on Bible, I'm other,
3: it from the other I wasn't showing you You're the one on the Mars On a big balcony I was like yeah, that So I said, if he can do that, then I can do this. Well, that was your inspiration, right there as
0: well. Well, I didn't need any inspiration. Because the inspiration is what the walk of the
3: notion Yeah. You know that that doesn't mean inspiration to look there and
1: do something for you know, him. Now, I Now, the curiosity: What do the neighbours think? Are they watching you, thinking this guy's a madman? You know. A couple of
3: them have, yeah, but I don't really be looking up at the neighbour.
0: Too know. deep in thought <laughs> when they're on the other edge, yeah, yeah, no, but a couple of them, the neighbour, anyway. Next door, she's an obvious supporter as well. And what are your thoughts on um, the the resume the dates that the league are supposed to resume on? I mean, personally, I think it's a it's a write off I think it's going to be next year, February possibly. But what do you yeah. think of? What do you think?
3: Not a chance is going to happen. They're looking to the play, we're going to close doors. And the players are going to stay There's no money coming in. Yeah. You know, As you can see yourself, like, and as I said, like, if they're playing behind closed doors and if there's a couple of players maybe after the first game that maybe have been diagnosed with COVID 19 and they're having to be in isolation, you know, the lads can't even train together.
0: You know? yeah. It is. It's going to be starting like, a whole new season no again. Social,
3: no social gathering around me. The so lads can't train together. They're not allowed to be like, on their own, but they're all around the country. All the players and all that. But you're like, with no training and together her in the do You're go we're up there again.
0: That's actually something I never even thought about. Is the players actually not even training together? The whole aspect we were talking about was the fans going in and can they distance in the stadium and will there be a cap on how many fans can get into the actual stadium? We're we're forgetting that this is a brand new season now for for players realistically off the pitch because they've to train together, they've to work together and, and 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 get their tactics right again. It is pretty much starting a new season, but they are on the
3: same. Boat it's like all season, you know, if they don't build do the little bit of training, because you don't remember they can only go through. Yeah, you know we can't be able kicking ball together you can't do you a know? thing so yeah. it's like the teams over and they're just doing their own bit of training for pre-season waiting for the new
0: season to start and they're just ticking over really but so just,
3: yeah, just keeping the body taking over yeah
0: so tell us um, if anybody wants to donate or if you have any, any info whatsoever about the charity and what you're raising money for you can let them know now
3: Yeah, well basically my Facebook page is off for the public like charity if um, you go on to my page, you can see exactly what's happened over the last week we went to our fourth charity was this week in the local area since the angels and tallow we've called, we're going to go on to Cundley this week um, I think that's the plan in and Cundley in and Blanchestown but uh, yeah every week there's a new charity guys new charity um, we close down each charity each week but the one that we're doing there now is country, you have to over the, the go the me page. But each week there'll be a new charity and just go on and just follow it and then just click on the donate, guys. It's very great because we're trying to support, get as much money raised for PPE you the up from my nurse and doctorate, to walk around the country uh, to try and just trying to spend this virus and uh, to save as many people as So we just keep looking out on the page every week and we said on I mean, the update every day, really, uh, that people know where we're at and how we're doing with
0: the funding excellent excellent great stuff Jer, listen thanks for having uh, coming on and hopefully we'll see you in the south stand or in the 1899 soon enough but we'll we'll make sure that we get plenty of publicity out of this and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon and keep on hoping, right yeah, thanks, thanks very much K-O-H see ya okay so that was Ger Tuhigg. Um Tuig 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 I'm, I'm not sure how you pronounce it but uh, I'll tell you how you spell it and it is uh, obviously Jer and T W O H. So that's how we are spelling the name. If you want to go on, so Jared Tuig on Facebook and check out his link. I know, I know there's been so many things to donate to in the last while, but it's a worthy cause as well. If you can donate the price of a point or two points, even that's what you're looking for. So the second name is T W O H I G, so Tuig, and uh, that's Jared Grey Hoop and staunch fella, always got the game. So, um. Yeah,
1: definitely fair play to them. It's a great idea, yeah. Fair play to them. That was a classic Gary P. interview full of random
0: phone vibrations and notifications going <laughs> off. Farm animals in the background <laughs> um, and everything. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's. We're coming to near the end now, Prof. Well, the end of our. Our chat. We've got we've still got an Alan Byrne interview coming. Yeah, we've up. Alan Byrne coming, but we've actually we're we're, we're expanding ourselves here. We haven't really got much to talk about. There's no football going on. There's a lot of TV and and and, and movies being watched. Where it will provide ammo for one of the shows that we have got planned, and uh, be sure to Stephen Jones, season ticket holder, and a thespian, you could say and he's going to be coming on as well so we we plenty of stuff planned before this live shows loads of stuff of curling and listen it's just life isn't it it has to it has to happen so uh, we'll move on now so a picture of Gary Twig from Circa 2010 went up on Rovers social media and who was pictured amongst the fans of the right at the front was a young left full called Sean Cavanagh Yeah and uh, a young S- Kiran Stafford as well Love I know, know it was, was bad, Yeah, it was a great show yeah. Probably sent in <laughs> by someone with a staffer. You know, real Football friends!
1: <laughs> we got another uh, message sent in to us from uh, Jay McLean. Yeah, had an interesting stat. He noted that in the talent era, we won a lot of our trophies wearing away shirts. So yeah, 2010, we wore the purple. Yes. We wore the black in the Santander Cup, 2011. Yeah. We wore navy in... Uh, last year's FBI Cup that was Navy
0: wasn't it uh, did we have hoops on New City? oh that's one I actually didn't check It's a good show I think we did I think we did yeah because they'd have been blue be no re- yeah we did there'd be no mm. reason for us to wear an awake
1: 2012 Lancashire Senior Cup very important one that was uh, black and purple but we uh, we have won in hoops a couple of times actually so 2013 League Cup and Santander Cup or the green and white Actually, not sure about the 2013 Leicester Senior Cup because I wasn't there, and I couldn't find a photo of it. So if anyone knows what jersey we wore that day, that's where James Chambers scored the winner, and he was getting stick from the fans about being fat. <laughs> so he, when he scored, he put the ball
0: underneath his shirt, make it look like a betty. He's not actually fat at all. He just he's one of those guys that <laughs> like kids out be. But this is what we've, yeah. resorted, we've resorted to: wondering what kids <laughs> were wearing when we yeah. won certain. Labels. It's a bad, Jay is at home just bored out of his tits so yeah uh, Owen Doyle I uh, listened to this one prof interviewed on LOI Week he said his wife's dad in brothers are season ticket hollers in talent and he wants to come at some point and he was a very positive young man uh, he played in the same year as us <coughs> and um, he was top class technically brilliant just a goal scorer he was fantastic and let's be honest he is going <coughs> to play for Rovers. <laughs> Doesn't he have some business as well in Ireland? I I'm think. not sure, but either way, he's going to come home. He's from Tallade. He supports Rovers. He's going to want to play for Rovers. It's going to mm. happen. I'm calling it now. He's got a top scorer, going to win the league. This is the age to do it, not 34, 35. Get up, Doyler. Yeah, yeah. Same, yes, yeah, 31 now. He's getting there.
1: So we've had a few interviews as well on the, online. We've, we've been catching up with uh, Lee Grace and Pigo and Ronan Finn. And, did you notice who was interviewed, there?
0: Who was interviewed, Gar? I was
1: interviewed, I, my jaw dropped jaw to the dropped. floor. One Patrick Sullivan. Don't believe it. Was interviewed. Where did this happen? Now, this was he perfect. He people. Exactly. This is perfect for Sonny. He sent in a phone interview. Away from people. Away from everything. <laughs> was, he is loving this social, it so social distancing now. It's the only terms that he will do an in interview. Just on his own.
0: And where was this i must listen to him?
1: He was talking about uh, Belgrade. Ah, oh, brilliant. And his man alive super body. Do you find Fridays are just the worst day of the week because like the notifications on the phone yeah. are the killer. Because like we're supposed to be in Cork right now. Yeah. I don't, mo- I don't even honestly today. I
0: genuinely don't even like talking about it. it might sound childish or whatever but <clears> like if it, the the notification comes up on the calendar on the phone you're just looking like going, oh, fucking hate you. Mm. fucking stupid phone like it's just it's just
1: oh, today should have been a top of the table clash in Dundalk yeah although I should always be glad not to be in Dundalk,
0: But it's just one of those things you've got to deal with it and it, it's it's not getting any better to be honest I mean mm. but that's I know there's other things going on but we're just talking about our <laughs> feelings towards something we love and so a, a you're allowed to do that mm. and some people might say think it comes off selfish or whatever no but we have we're human we have feelings we're missing our football club. We're missing our going our way days. We're missing every every aspect well, of live football.
1: Put it this way: a lot of people messaged us thanking us for doing the show at all a few weeks ago because it takes their minds off things. So mm. I mean,
0: so if you that, have that any suggestions, for, if know? they have, yeah, if the fans have suggestions of what mm. they want to hear or what they want to hear us talk about, we could do something. Keep sending in suggestions. You know how to get in touch with mm. us. Most like, of us have our numbers or have any, some way of getting in touch mm. with us. Get in touch. We we, we could take something.
1: A lot of people stuck at home, but uh, you and I, I think we're passing the days easy enough as, flat out, as essential frontline postal absolute workers. Absolutely,
0: flat out essential frontline. Skipping the queues in the shops.
1: Yep.
0: Uh, got King's chairs, the whole lot. Prof.
1: I just show my pass at shops now. I don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to pay for stuff, yeah. It's just a free for Just fill and the trolley. And boom. Film.
0: Posty, baby. Yep. It's, uh, but I will say that it's like Christmas in your building. Mm. Me and the prof, we work in the same. Mm company on post but we work in different buildings which are beside each other but we're not allowed in to see each other at all because the two buildings are quarantined so you can't enter one building and go into another whereas Puff is in with the parcels and I'm in with the other section with the letters and stuff like that we normally would be in his building but because of what's going on I can't go in and Gary's just oblivious to all this with his, with his letters it's, it's all like, Christ Christmas and handy. in, in Prof's building <laughs> honestly they have a hundred and something thousand parcels delivered a day like that is it's mega God, you people at home just bored out of your minds that is ordering it. crap that is it that is all it is Like mm. and apparently sex toys are through the roof mm. dildos all over my place Gary P and the Prof
1: delivering your dildos and Iron Man costumes ASAP <laughs> I don't
0: know what the mini, where where the combo comes from <laughs> but I'm interested <laughs> Yeah so I think that's it prof we've got Alan Bourne coming up. I keep poor out Alan I keep fucking waving Alan off. It's only forty minutes longer yeah, yes. now. <laughs> uh we've Mackiniff and, and Ward as well, remember that we did Mackiniff and, and ward there as the the result will probably be in by now so hopefully he beats that little Sora knocks the show him um yeah, FIFA tournament. McInneff fancies himself he's decent at the old FIFA twenty. Yeah, it's not a fist fight, but it's, f- <laughs> it's a PlayStation game or something. I'd say the old dirty Royce swinger would finish the job there. Um yeah, but that's on uh, I'm not actually too sure about the info at all about this, so um Arnold McInnef for the win anyway. It's FIFA online, he's playing in his room, world he's playing in his in his slum. And uh, they're playing each other in FIFA and they chat and they talk and they do stuff like that. So, yeah, up, up to Mac and F. Um, so next up we have the forgotten man of this podcast. It's uh, Alan Bourne.
1: And just a note, uh, in case you find this kind of jarring as it begins, it, it jumps straight into the interview because due to uh, technical difficulties, uh, we're missing the first four or five minutes of this interview. But luckily he was only talking about balls.
0: Right, so you're talking about, considering re in the lair of the prof, and was it one of your chained-up prisoners that caused these technical difficulties? There's probably plenty of reasons.
1: That was just just technical
0: problems. Yeah, well, I mean, technically, you're not hmm. telling me what the technical difficulties are, so I'd appreciate it's 50-50 here, prof. What were the difficulties?
1: I was just the Problem, you know, it couldn't help.
0: What's the problem involved?
1: I forgot to press record. Okay, I just forgot to press record.
0: Uh I think we did, we did that before. We we recorded a full show, and then he texted me and and he was like, Yeah, we didn't record it. Actually, I actually love to hear it. We did, we kind of pretty much said the same thing. no it we did know.
1: record, it recorded in the wrong setting. So oh, we sounded, sounded like awful. we sound like we were like in a vacuum in a
0: tube of Pringles what it sounded like mm.
1: yeah so um that is literally the first time i've ever just not hit the red button before I began talking we had a
0: we had a bit of a, a glitch as well a big shout out to pack martin who pretty much helped us out with laptops as well props laptop died from all of the um here comes slander i'm not even gonna make a porn joke now here at this stage i'm not even gonna do it i can't think about it um yeah, so we've uh, we've been helped out by Packer Martin, so big shout out to him. He helped us out with the lend of a laptop and uh, all props dirty images were wiped off of son <laughs> That's where the Iron Man costume comes yeah. in. Oh <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, so that is uh Yeah, so Alan Bourne.
4: You know, I just loved every every minute of playing. And Daily Man's a big pitch. Brilliant. Um I used to love it. But uh yeah, there was a highlight. The cup was was a great. Although you can't remember things, it, it flies past. So you've got a, a bit of advice to all the footballers now: enjoy every bloody minute and uh, enjoy the moments, because uh, you know they do fly in. I
1: was reading that you played in nearly every every position. About even on one occasion, you uh, took over in goal after Dermot O'Neill got sent off in the match against Robbers.
4: Yeah, um, who was a Ollie Walsh, do you remember the hurling, uh, the hurling family, the Walsh's Ollie Walsh was up front, and he said he'd go in goal, and go. Um, so he went in goal for the. I think it was twenty minutes on the the, the end of the first half, and they, we were two down at that stage. So he we was second brutal so he said, uh, "Go on, I'll win." So I had a couple of saves. I went the whole second half on it, um, and I had a couple of uh, had a couple of saves and a few kick outs and all. Kinda, of goalkeeping stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it was interesting. Um, it was interesting. I, you know, like Daily Mount and all. It, like it's all. It was great. It was football. You know what I mean? I didn't mind playing any position. Um, didn't mind as long as we were out running around. As long as you were out, you know, bashing off fellas. It was great. Absolutely, I love the. I come from, I've uh, what, five brothers, uh, and everything. Growing up was competitive. You know what I mean, and uh, hung around with 15 lunatics that I mentioned earlier, and uh, every we used to play football in the parks. Um, but everything—it's just very competitive. It was great, and uh, you get an appetite for that sort of thing. So, you know, it's enjoyable.
1: So, what was the conversation with uh, Ray Tracy? How did you end up moving to Roberts?
4: Um, well, Ray used to live in Lakeland um he lived there for a couple of years and then he moved uh not too far away, um, uh, within, you know, ten minutes or whatever. Um, and when I used to I still hang around with uh Sody Shannon who's uh son in law and I used to like I grew up with Lisa, who's, uh his daughter, so um we kinda knew of each other and stuff like that, so um and you'd meet him every now and again, so we just, you know, buzz him past and he'd ask how are you getting on. Um do you fancy this, do you fancy that? And I was going, yeah. Um, I saw Rovers, like I was getting a bit frustrated in balls because, as I said about not getting kind of acknowledged as, you know, player of the year, I was, I was enjoying it, but I always, I hated coming second and I was that competitive, I was like, um, so that kind of, you know, you just want to, you want to do well, you want to win things, you want to, you know, um. Moved, I suppose, where you could win things. So I thought Rovers, with, with the, the history and all with Rovers, and my dad as well played with Rovers. Um, he was in Johnville, and uh, he went Rovers, and then he went to Drumcondra, and then he went up north. So I kind of followed his... his uh, he always wanted me to be to be a, a, a Rovers man, and uh, coming from the area, you know, with Milltown just, just down the road... Like uh, Lakelands is just beside Dundrum. So uh everybody in the area was was uh rovers. It was actually quite unusual that I did go out to, to Bowles but it was just an opportunity and an opportunity taken. You know, so um you know, what do you do? You had a, I had a chat with Ray, uh there was a few things changing in Bowles and I just thought to myself, right, I'll do this for myself. Let me see where we go. Put a bit of pressure on myself because uh, I don't think Rovers were doing great at the time um, and he was only getting a team together. So uh, it would have been kind of, you know, everybody all new, all, you know, thrown together. So it was a good opportunity. Could have went either way, but uh, luckily enough, it went beckon great. <laughs> yeah,
1: we asked some people to send in some questions for you and uh, Jason Maloney has the first oh. one. So he says, I've seen Robbers win seven league titles, but 1993-94 was the only one where nobody felt Robbers would even challenge for the league that season. We'd finished eighth yeah. the, the previous year. So he asks, did the players yeah. believe they could win it before the campaign started?
4: No, no, it wasn't even talked about. It wasn't even talked about. Like he, There wasn't... Uh I don't know like no it wasn't wasn't even talked about he was just trying to put a team together like Ray was doing his mixing and matching and stuff like that and uh, I didn't know I knew Peter Eccles because he he gave me seven stitches in my shin uh, the previous season um, it, it looked as if he t- my dad thought he broke my leg but uh, one of his lovely challenges um, but like I, the, the rest of them I didn't really know like um. Only playing against them, uh, but we all got together. We never, we never even dreamt it was going to turn out to be a, you know, how it happened, and and then you know doing so well. I think we lost every game in uh, in the preseason. We went up north, and we lost every fucking game, and he, to be honest, he no more thought we were going to win because he gave out shit to us. Excuse me, language. He was giving out socks. And uh, then we kind of got to the first first league match, and and it clicked, you know. Um, we won, and then I think I got suspended on a couple of matches, which the lads lost. So then it, it looked good for me, as if you know what I mean. I was a an ingredient to uh to kind of winning. So, um, yeah, turned out. Like I, I clicked with I clicked with Toller. Um, I knew Paul Sam from the area. He was volunteer, and um, Willie Burke as well. He was down done drum. So there was a few lads that we knew, but Jays had never dawned on us ever to be even thinking second win in the league. And as far as me kind of getting player of the year and stuff like that, I, it usually <laughs> go by like in or It always ends up with a, a goal scorer or something like that. You know what I mean? Um. So yeah, end up being a great year. It was fantastic.
1: Do you remember your one and only goal for ours, a seven-three win over Limerick at the RDS?
4: Yes, it was a cracker. Top corner. I <laughs> hit <laughs> it as hard as a goal. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I thought it was great. Nobody else even noticed it because we were, we were, we had a bit of a lead, and uh, yeah, I thought it was a cracker. But um, I never score goals, you know, and was- uh, just a, just a challenge.
1: we were having a good spell that time seven wins in a row you actually won the league's player of the year month in november so you got that bit of recognition as well yeah
4: i got um i did i was like as i say the way things kind of fell um i had i had come from a fairly successful team i was um you know the cup and then we should have won the league that time um, when it went to the round robin because we were ahead it was the only position that you couldn't have a winner at the time you could have every other position in the league um, but you couldn't have first and second on goal difference and we were ahead on goal difference but then we ended up losing it so I was coming from you know what I mean um, kind of winning stuff and stuff like that to uh, so my name would have been around um, and I think most of them things are, are journalists and stuff like that who talk and if they can't think of anyone else they'll say the, the first fella that's popular or whatever at the time so um, they might need be at the matches or whatever but um, when Rovers start playing well then every single, you know, everyone, the amount of people came out and wouldn't work with Rovers was fantastic, the, uh, the support and the, like in the RDS if you think about it we had no no home ground at the time and uh, the RDS was, Jason was madness Absolute madness! The amount of fans and uh, that—it was getting bigger towards the end of the year and all that—and it
1: was just—it was brilliant. Do you remember uh, that stage in the season? It was around January, February. It seemed like we were letting it slip away. It was a four-game losing run. Yeah. Knocked out of the cup by balls. Yeah. Ended up with like a a big pressure penalty by John Tall, getting us a winner at Daily Mount. So do you remember that that period?
4: Um, I remember uh, there was a fella called Coxie Corbley Paddy Corbley passed away over Christmas and it had a hell of an effect on everybody because he was kind of Trasser's link um, between it was a link between the management and the players and when Paddy Paddy would always if you'd have a row with whoever or, you know what I mean Mackin or someone um, Paddy would come over to you 10 minutes later or something Yeah, all right. alright what's going on and stuff like that and sort it out you know what I mean but then when when, uh, when Paddy passed away God bless him um, it kind of had a little bit of a distance, and um, this is what I feel kind of happened. But um, and it shook everybody, if you know what I mean. Um, so that's yeah, we we kind of put ourselves under pressure, um, you know, over the over the Christmas. But uh, that was the biggest shock over the Christmas for everyone, and I think that's what the dip was. You know what I mean? If if everyone had been there who was there at the start of the season. I think things just would have rolled through, but um, God bless him.
1: And What do you remember from the the day we won the league title, 2-1 two win, two, two, win over Shelburne, a game which nearly didn't go ahead because of like rain, torrential rain, yeah. Yeah,
4: I remember. See, I, um, yeah, I just remember... I remember kind of saying the pressure's off but then you didn't realise what it was to win a league you know what I mean you were always looking for it as a player looking for it as a player and then you know what I mean I appreciate it now to being able to say that I won a league but at the time you don't really and it's like most of the footballers like you're driven on ego you're driven on you know what I mean whatever because you have to be to a certain degree because um, if you don't think you can do it you're not going to you know express it but, um, you know, like, to win a league, <laughs> to win Rovers, it, it's actually, it's kind of beyond words. It's brilliant. Like, the, the, the Rovers teams that went before and all that, you know what I mean, the three in a row, and the trebles and doubles you hear about and all this, that's fantastic. And then I'm, I'm quite happy saying, yes, I won a league with Rovers. Um, and got player of the year at the time. Like, nobody can take that away from you. And it's... You're you're not thinking about it at the time because every game you're just taking it as a game at a time. Game at a time, seeing what you can do, seeing what you can if we win this. And then a few things go wrong, a few things go right, um, scoring score an odd goal. But uh, you know, it's 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 fantastic looking back now. Um and you only appreciate it the kinda of older you get. But um at the time, yeah, I I thought we kind of deserved it with the little hiccup over Christmas and stuff like that we were definitely the better team in the league Um you know and there was, there was good teams like Cork were a tough second team Um Shells you know what I mean Bowles Bowles always, always gave us a, a good fight but uh,
1: Galway were involved you know talk- too weren't they
4: Galway who was hmm. the centre forward for Galway I can see him uh, Brennan um, no. Was it Johnny Johnny Glean or something,
1: was it? No. I forget now. Who am I
4: talking about? Yeah,
1: doesn't matter. What about the uh, um, what about the Player of the Year ceremony itself? What are your memories from that night?
4: I didn't go that night. I was, uh, <laughs> I was actually in a hotel room. Um, I was over at Charlton Athletic. I probably shouldn't have went. Uh, Charlton Athletic on a trial. Um... And I was in a. I got a phone call in the afternoon, um, just to say, you know, can you say a few words because you won. So I didn't actually get to enjoy it, and um, at all. But there, there was, you know, the at, at that stage, there was uh, plenty of rumours about, you know, not staying and and other people going and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. It, I would have had a great night if it had been there, but um. You know, I didn't I didn't get to, to enjoy it, to be honest.
1: Considering uh, Gagan has scored 23 goals and there was so many good players all over the pitch, like veterans like Alan O'Neill and yeah. Captain Peter Eccles, who we've had yeah. on the podcast as well, was it a big surprise when you, you won that yeah. award?
4: Oh, I was, I was shocked. I thought it was Gago all the, all the way. The of goals he made the goals, um, he got and stuff like that. Um, you know, he was smashing. But... Um, yeah, I, I I didn't expect that, you know. Like you, you hope for things, but um, you know, you, If it does happen, you're you're very very you're lucky and honoured and all that. But if it doesn't, you you know, you just keep trying. That's what you're you're there for. You know what I mean? You're you're there to give your best. So um, you've just got to keep going no matter what, you know. And uh, it was like a kind of job. You know what I mean? You were there. The next match, next move on, move on. Accolades and that. At the time, you only appreciate them now when you're older. So, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful honour. This was another.
1: Definitely. This was another question sent in. Uh, did you actually feel a bit guilty receiving the award, knowing that you were you're were about to leave?
4: I hadn't made up my mind at that stage. See, this is the thing. Right. I, I think, um, and I got I got questioned about. When you talk about Rovers and me, everyone wants to know what happened between me and Ray and stuff like that. Nothing really happened between me and Ray. Um, but I hadn't made up my mind, but I think I got tired. Uh, if you know what I mean, there was rumour of other players that uh, may have you know, left or gone at that stage. But I was only coming off a week away with the lads in Spain. Um, you know what I mean? Like Rovers as a team, we went over. So I had no intention at that stage of going anywhere. Just but things kind of deteriorated. Then after that, um, because I was like, it was away for a week, and then we were, I was over on a trial on that weekend. So, but then when we got back, all the everybody's asking you questions. Every you know, they're all interested in. Um, to be honest, I hadn't hadn't made up my mind then at that stage.
1: And as it happened, we always ended up losing three key players to Shelburne at the end of the season yourself and Gago included so I suppose just a, yeah. a brief timeline of how it all went down when when these all ended up being transferred
4: um, I I I don't know about the others but um, I think Stephen had gone before myself I think he had his sights you know what I mean Um, so and then see I think I everyone expected me to go with Gago and stuff like that because um, like Ray uh, smash a manager all that he would uh, when Coxie passed away the, the little link between player and manager I thought uh, was lost so that was a bit of a you know an influence um, if Coxie might have been there he might have got talked around um but there was, yeah, there was a few things that we couldn't agree on and then uh, when, you're, when you're dealing with someone else then another club and stuff like that and they're agreeing with you all the way um, you know it's a, it's a difficult time and uh, you know I just I made up my mind and I said once again uh, kind of this situation turned a bit sour so it was time
1: to move on and um, When you've spoken to Robert's fans in years gone by, uh, does it feel like they've got very fond memories of you, but at the same time, do you get a bit of ribbon over uh, leaving that season? Oh yeah. <laughs>
4: There's a lot of Brandon Kearns and Mick Kearns uh, Quack and uh, his brother oh, every know time well, I ring yeah. like him. I would have worked, worked company-wise. My dad would have worked with Brandon's dad. So, and he was mad, like it's in the blood, Rovers. And this is what I mean, like the, everything was pointing to Rovers, um, you know, growing up and stuff like that. So, um, I remember going in with me dad and he was proud of his punch, introducing me to Brendan's dad, who was in charge of foreman with g and and, uh, and he says he's after signing for Rovers and I was standing in his office so I didn't know what to do, say or anything. I was like, hello. <laughs> so, um, was. You know, Brendan, and, and Brendan still to this day, every time I ring him, he goes, oh, yeah, it's the fella that off the shells. Like, in it's what? <laughs> many years is it now? About 20, 30 years nearly? No, it's about 25, is it? Yeah,
1: 25,
4: yeah. 25, yeah. So? So I still get a bit of stick. And, you know, everybody... Everybody... <laughs> You say hello to kind of Robert's fans and it just takes a minute, if you know what I mean. You're kind of like, oh, yeah, how's it going? All right. Oh, yeah, Hallenborn, yeah. Labour Roberts, oh, you you know, you weren't a bad player and you're going, oh, thanks very much. And then it just, it hits. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you fucking bastard. But uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, can't do anything about it now and it, it just, you know, it did happen and for whatever reasons.
1: So you had the one season at shells before uh moving up north to uh, Linfield
4: yeah i um i did, did I, not, I think I had a year and a half with Ollie I think it was on, nearly in the second year I ran into uh, shells were having trouble with uh managers they had Colin Murphy and uh Damien Richardson and I have to say I didn't get on with either of them um i i used to play for um i used to play for eamon greg and uh, morris price and that was in the balls times and stuff like that and billy young and uh you know that's the kind of feeling i i used to love like he trust you he'd you know what i mean he'd Talk to you, he'd, he'd be man to man with you and stuff like that. And you know, he'd call you a gobshite when you were being a gobshite, and he'd you know tell you you were great when you were great. But, um, and then th- these the managers I don't know if they knew how to kind of manage me or whether I was just odd, but, um, I never got on with, with Damien Richardson at all, um, and Colin Murphy. But you know what, I, I met uh, I met Ollie Byrne's brother. At, his, at Ollie's funeral. And I said to him that I was a b- very disappointed in myself not doing anything or winning anything at the time when I was with, uh, you know, playing with shells for Ollie. And he said to me, he says, don't be worried, Alan. He says, when he sold you to Linfield infield for whatever amount, he said he was over the moon. And I says, OK. I says, uh, but I always thought i let kind of Ollie down. Um, I, like I know it doesn't sound it like because I'm, I left Rovers after a year, but... Um, I always kind of, when I was dealing with a manager, I'd be, I'd class myself as being very loyal. And I know most of <laughs> the Rovers fans would be laughing, but um, I do. And, uh, you know, they didn't hit the mark with me at all. Uh, I kind of could see, we, like, we went to a cup final, Shell's cup final, 95-96. And uh, we could have won that. It was against Derry. Um, and we should have won it but the manager Colin Murphy was more interested in what suit what colour suit he was wearing and uh fucking bleeding hat he had on on the day he more interested in the fucking um, the best players to put out but that's just my opinion as well again I'm sure everybody else might have liked him
1: So what about your debut at Linfield? Uh, Eventful evening, a goal and a red card. Yeah,
4: came on. I was a bit nervous. Uh, I came on and off a corner, there was a header at the front post and I kind of caught the ball on a a volley. And in top corner went straight in, so I was delighted. And then... um, I was kind of in a half challenge in the second half and I was on the ground and one of the party down fellas ran over and kind of, I was kind of facing his knee, if you know what I mean. Um, and he kind of pu- pushed his knee into me. So I stood up but kind of came up into his stomach and kind of lifted him up a bit. But there was nothing in it really. There was no, you know, hitting or punching or anything like that. But the referee classed it as a headbutt. I don't know how he classed it as a head, but, but I got sent off. He, you know, the politics in football is great. Um, when you have, I don't know, people... You know, I was the new signing of whatever, the referees. Um, I never really liked referees, to be honest. Um, and I, I even became a referee for a year and a half, uh, just to get my head around how hard the, uh, the position was because I had such a torrid time with refs. When I was with Bowles, I was classed as a psycho. When I was with Rovers, because Rovers got on better with the FAI, I was a, a footballer. Then I, I was a tug again when I went to Shells, because Ollie was always at the FAI, uh, giving out to them. So, uh, I don't know, the referees went with that as well. It was a wave. The referee would let you away with something when you were playing with Rovers, and then he wouldn't do something uh, when you were playing with you know, whoever. Or if they do talk Like the bullshit about them not talking You know oh, he's on your way You can sort him out or something like that And they take it upon themselves to do this Instead of just judging a good game And that's my opinion again <laughs> Yeah that was,
1: that was my next question You had the reputation as one of the game's hard men So you'd obviously feel That suggestions back then That you were something of a dirty player Were just unfair
4: I would, No I'd never seen myself as a hard player I've got stitches all over me, you know what I mean. I've got eight stitches in me, you know, in my lip. I've got eight stitches in my eyebrow. Fucking three or four in the back of my head. Um, I smashed my toe off Ricky McAvoy's fecking ankle. Um, you know, bumps and bruises everywhere. Um, so I think an enthusiastic player would be. But then again, you have everyone else's opinion. Could be this and could be that. But uh, I'd class myself as enthusiastic more so than that.
1: And who would be the toughest player you ever came up against?
4: The toughest player?
1: Yeah.
4: I know the dirtiest player, Tom McNulty. He'd snap you in two and he'd do it on purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? He'd be standing over you going, hi. You know what I mean? Got one over you. He was the dirtiest player. Um, toughest player. And I'd say a little taller wasn't bad. You know what I mean? Toller, every challenge I'd throw in, he'd be fucking right in there. And if there was ever any trouble and stuff like that, Toller would be right in behind you.
1: You know? Toller's a tough little fecker. Yeah, we had a message in from Mark. He said, uh, your midfield partnership with Toller was the best in a long time, and it was actually feared in the country, he reckons. So, was he your best midfield partner in your career, do you think?
4: Absolutely. Me and Toller was one of the reasons I, like... He enjoyed me football and all, of it. Uh, me and Toller. I tell people now who was the best fella you played with and stuff like that. And I played with a few, but uh, I clicked with Toller, big time. You know what I mean? Um, Smash a fella. Uh, we just—he didn't know me from Adam. I'm a bit, you know, hyperactive and stuff like that. Well, used to be Getting older, but um, James taller. i say he was looking at me coming through the door with me long hair, thinking I was Mel Gibson. You know, um. But uh, no, we settled down and we had a great, great partnership. But to this day, I always tell people that Tola would be my, would the best partner uh, that I've ever played with. So uh, you know, he's not great at golf, though.
1: <laughs> oh, you still play golfing? Do you?
4: <laughs> I know, like the odd time, I try and get him out. Yeah. Um, I think he's, uh, his handicap. he probably be looking for a few points. I think he got a near... at. A, hip operation or something so probably a few points on his handicap
1: question from Kieran, he asks uh, you when did he first realize as the old song goes he knew the balls were shite
4: <laughs> see I gotta ask that I gotta ask that like yeah uh, it's not directly like I hope the question's not directly at balls but I'm sure it probably is I got asked a, a question. I was, at a, I was lucky enough to be asked to uh, lunch at Christmas. Um, the Rovers, uh, do. And uh, I got asked a question about, you know what I mean? Like we're both shy, but you know, who's it? I have to say that anyone who played League of Ireland at any, at any level or any stage um, has given up a hell of a lot of their life, if you know what I mean, instead of birthdays, anniversaries, all this. And to get to a training level where you can actually run around and match other players who have given up an awful lot, there's nothing shite about you, if you know what I mean. If you get a chance to represent a League of Ireland team at any level, for any length of time, you're doing well. Because I know where we always say, play second fiddle to the English league and stuff like that. Oh, if you're not in England, you're crap. Um, but there's some good footballers and there's some good footballer, good football being played in League of Ireland. If you look, you know what I mean, take your time to look at it. If you look at it at an instant, any instant, you look at you know, the English League and it looks shite. Um, if you're a, a proper supporter, you'll appreciate that there's good football being played in, in the League of Ireland um, for many a year. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't say any of the teams that I played against or played with were shite in any way.
1: So who's the best player you've played with? And best player you played against in your career?
4: Well, The, the best player, like it have to be the best player you played with. Is this personally like for me? It would be taller because I clicked, and you know what I mean. It seemed to go very well, and we seemed to do quite well. So um, that's from a you know selfish kind of a personal thing. Like mm. taller made me look good. I helped him, made him look good. Hopefully. Um, you know, and it but that it, like it was a very good time. It was a,
1: Um Well let's say who which player had the best natural ability of any club that you, you played with.
4: I saw, thought I thought Ricky McAvoy he was freaking phenomenal. I was in the youth team, in the, the B team with Bows up in the stand and I remember trying to get in, it was a Friday night or something like that and the Bows and Rovers. And I remember Ricky I don't know, just he just changed the game. I think he scored an overhead kick or something on the night and I just thought flipping hell I said where the hell did that come from and I said would you not just get in my answer to everything is get closer to him and stuff like that nobody could you know what I mean so um, I thought Ricky was very good but uh, I played against I I had the chance to play against Eric Cantona and the Man United we played against Man United three times and Liverpool a couple of times Celtic and Man City and all this we had it was the ball was hundred and twenty fifth um, year of of being bows and they had some smashing sides over. Like uh, and I remember um, like playing against the English leagues it was brilliant. But I got a chance to play in ninety three, ninety four, um uh, against Man United and all this. And we played against Man United in Tonka Park and I played against Cantona. and Jesus, he the vision he had was unbelievable. He wouldn't I was always trying to get tighter, tighter. Um, and he just he knew where he was going, he knew where the ball was going before you even, you know, turned. He uh it was phenomenal. He was absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, that was good.
1: And what about funniest moment in football? So if you could give us one maybe on the pitch and one off the pitch, if you, if you can think of one.
4: Oh. I never really like I enjoyed the football uh, I suppose when the Man United that Man United match uh, Giggs went out to take a corner and a young one jumped over and gave him a big kiss and he couldn't <laughs> continue until they peeled him off so that was kind of funny but I never uh, I never took me football like it, you know you just wanted to play football it was never a funny moments of football Um. I remember getting thrown in jail uh, when we were on that trip over to Libya the Bows and Pat selection and the whole team was in jail that was funny enough that was you know the documentary that was on
1: yeah I watched that but I can't remember the, did you feature in that or
4: I know he only he talked to about four fellas yeah um, so John Byrne uh, Dermot Pat and that but we were I uh, was in the squad
3: how uh, surreal
4: yeah, that was, was that first that well, was it was absolutely mental i think one of the quotes out of it was 25 paddies in the middle of a desert and it was literally <laughs> like that but we didn't know any better like we were doing it because you know your wages and all that they weren't great you get a chance to go somewhere and you get an extra 20 quid or 40 quid in it you were like okay um i'll do that so it uh we got cake everywhere. Everywhere we went, they were all being hospitable, um, you know what I mean? And they, they'd they offer you cake, and it wasn't actually Coke or Fanta, but it was in a different can, and they made it themselves, I'm sure, because they wouldn't have the American stuff in. And uh, we were absolutely stuffed. I don't think they realised we were you know, supposed to be footballers, um, or they were trying to do us before the match. But everywhere we went, we went to about three or four things, you know, for the week. We were over there, and every time we got stuffed with cake. And uh, Fanta, well, supposedly Fanta. that's what I remember from it. And then all the, the all the guns and that. That was uh, a bit surreal. So
1: why were you arrested?
4: No. So, that was after. Um, the the uh, contractors that were there invited us out for the night, uh, the day after. Because they had built their own bar. Uh, Unknown to the Libyan uh, powers of be, and uh, they invited us for a drink in their bar because there's no bars in the hotel around like there. So we jumped in a couple of um, cars and stuff like that, and we got brought out. Um, and we'd been we'd been brought around by you know what I mean, diplomat diplomatic plates and stuff like that all the time. And fellas with, you know minders, fellas with guns. And um, I remember me and Rod the cars went for a walk. Uh, out the hotel and it was in the middle of nowhere and we went across a bridge that looked as if it had been bombed and we kind of had a look around and said you know looking for a shut up or something so there was nothing and then we went back in took us about 40 minutes and your your man came running straight out to us he says where'd you go he said we've been over there for a while and he goes "Uh, no you don't go out there without one of these and he shows us his gun and we're like oh okay well I said rods from Ballybrack so you know what I mean we've been covered Um, so you know, it was, it, it, was, it was mad. But we got on the way back, the police uh, realized that we weren't, that we were contractors. And I don't think you're allowed out after a certain time um, with the certain license place they had. So they brought us out, started shouting at us, telling us that we had uh, whiskey. We were drinking whiskey and stuff like that. And we said, no, no, we didn't. But um, they eventually us, let us go. So it was very scary.
1: So, what have you been up to uh, since retirement from the game?
4: Uh, nothing really Just had I have a couple of kids A, a lovely wife Beautiful wife Lisa um, And No football I'm trying to get a golf game together um, But I'm an electrician So Like everyone else Stuck in the house at the moment
1: Exactly So how are you and the family Coping at the moment With all this going on?
4: Um, oh, things are good Things are good We're uh, I think my kids were addicted to Wi-Fi anyway before this, so it's just they were quite happy watching TV in their room, and you know, and um, it's it's strange, you know what I mean. I think oh, I don't know, like what's happening now is just gonna, you know, dropping the curve or whatever they call it, um, and hopefully, I think they need a um, they need a, a vaccine or something like that. Um, because if, if, you get, if you mix with somebody who has it then it starts all over again so I don't know it's a, it's a strange old time and um, best of luck to everybody and stay safe you know would be the message
1: and if there was football on at the moment obviously everyone's missing the football like what would you actually stick on would you stick on the Premier League or Serie A or League of Ireland or anything in particular
4: See, I'm not, like, I wasn't there. Uh, I'm not really a kind of uh, football fan, if you know what I mean. I like going down and maybe watching a match in a pub. I'll have uh, three or four points watching a match, but I go down to socialise. Um, as you've probably noticed, I talk a lot. So um, I've, you know what I mean, I, I I like activities. I like playing golf. I like, you know, playing soccer, um, football. It's like, it's there's nothing else like it. Um, I miss the kind of physicality of it, I miss the uh, the buzz you get. My knee, I dummy, my cruise shit up in Linfield and uh, that's letting me down at the moment. But um, I need a new knee, I think. Um, I got told if you keep playing the football, you know, uh, you'll be in. You know, I was talking to Ray Morn and he said you'll be in quicker. He says just stick to a couple of games of golf. So I'll do that. And uh, hopefully get through this pandemic thing like everybody else. Um. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I hope you stay safe, anyone, and uh, thanks a so million for your time today. I really enjoyed that.
4: Um. Thank you, and I'm honoured uh, as always. Like everything, as I say, anything League of Ireland. Um, it should be celebrated because uh, it's a tough old station. You know what I mean for players. What happened with the FAI and, and Delaney and stuff like that, you know what I mean? The the the, the clubs should've got help years ago. You know what I mean? And they should have been set up better and the, the league should have been set up better. Um but the money was going elsewhere. Um so I'd say, you know, well done to delight yourself and all the people that make League of Ireland what it is for today. And uh, thanks for remembering an old shite like myself. <laughs>
1: I appreciate that. Thanks,
0: Alan. Alright, take care. Yeah, so uh, Anto Matthews on the nights one of the uh, staunch hoops on the nights with us he was saying that the midfield partnership at all was brilliant. So this was something that he always remembers.
1: Yeah, he said that himself. That that was the best of his career. And uh, you heard me ask him there about you had this reputation as a hard man. And I, I, I was searching his name through Google and randomly this article popped up from the irish times around 2001 and he was being interviewed ahead of a game with wayside celtic because he finished his career at bray and then he finished at wayside and wayside were about to play i think it was pats some uh top flight team and they were talking about him he was at the end of his career then and he was talking about his reputation and he felt that like refs were kind of going after him especially up north he said like, he just had this name about him and he was being picked on for that reason. So I read this and I thought, right, I'll ask him about that. Was, was this reputation unfair? And then I opened up his uh, his Wikipedia page and then right at the bottom it goes Alan was sent off while playing for Wayside Celtic in the FAI Cup in January 2001 for pushing the referee.
0: <laughs> oh, no way! Yeah. Jeez, that doesn't happen that often. So I was like, ah. Oh. Love
1: to read yeah. the refs report for that one. But people just love talking about that season, don't they? Like, it's the only major trophy we won between the two decades between Milltown and Tata. So, how often do people bring up that nine ninety four
0: season? It's just constantly talked about. Mm, definitely, yeah. And it was seen as mm. the start of a new era of dominance, wasn't it? And it was, it was a false, a false god, really, wasn't it?
1: I just. We just got butchered by shells Three players <laughs>
0: Yeah, true money Oli would have got great mm. crack out of eh? that Here's a It's Here's
1: Yeah. <laughs> Last time A Robbers Player of the Year Since this is a Player of the Year oh. series Left In the season immediately afterwards
0: Oh Barry Murphy No No That
1: was well before I tell him
0: Barry Murphy wasn't a bad show though he didn't no. leave. He crawled out under the fence. We well, didn't win the award that year. Go on. It was Glenn Fitzpatrick in two thousand three. Oh, he literally, literally, only spoke about this once again with Mathews. and uh, apparently, before he picked up his trophy, is a good one. Maloney or Ray Whelan can tell me one of our one of our elder statesmen. Apparently, like an hour before he went in and got his trophy at the Player of the League, Player of the Year awards, they found out he was going to shells. Jesus and apparently he got an earful and he pretty much like I could be corrected on this he got up on stage he was like yeah it's done, I'm gone it's done mm. so that's that's a that's a real story so anyone get on our Facebook or Twitter and get on to us about the actual story there I'm probably butchering it but yeah great, yeah. Show, great show prof
1: also the only time between Alan Byrne and now that somebody won the player of the year award in their only ever season at Rovers and that is Glenn Fitzpatrick.
0: Whoa, that's yeah. a, so one season and gone. Yep. third year and gone. Mm. Same with Glenn, gone. And just before that, Noel Hunt. Glenn scored twice
1: against Deportivo, weren't um, For Shells. Was not Lille,
0: the French team? Well, he scored twice somewhere anyway, didn't he?
1: No, Shells never scored against Deportivo, but that's 3 0. Right. I think he was a yeah. blondie type of guy, wasn't he? He definitely scored against against the French anyway in the UEFA mm. Cup. But um, yeah, just before Glenn, Noel Hunt won the award and then left. But it wasn't his only season.
0: Noel Hunt. So that is it for this week's Player mm. of the Year edition. Um, Rovers, don't forget, we'll never die campaign. You can find it on GoFundMe. Same with Jared Tuig. You can find Jar's details on Facebook. So Jer mm. T W O H I G Tuig. And you can donate to his backyard marathons. Um, you can still donate to Anthony McDonald's. Uh, Go for me as well. It's, I know there's a lot of stuff going out, but it's all wordy cards. Well, more causes. importantly,
1: are they ever going to give us refunds for those
0: President's Cup tickets? <sighs> where is I why want my Ryanair refund, that's what I want. <laughs> I don't want vouchers. I'm not going anywhere for a year. I made a magnificent
1: financial decision the day before <laughs> that President's Cup final. Do you know what I did? You I sold, sold it to my, the gaff.
0: I sold my ticket to Robbie Gaffney. Sold it to the gaff, he'd be banging the door downtown. <laughs> but uh, yeah so that is it so we hope we've provided some sort of uh, pleasure for you in these tough times and uh, that is it I'm not even going to say see you in the south stand because it's probably not going to happen for a long long time so um, all I'll say is that keep the head up things will get better and keep on hooping see ya